Murder Man. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Adam Jarvis. You're listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Check it. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Is up, Chris Shaw back. What's How you going doing, on? Pete Altieri? Doing all right over there. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Just all sitting right. here chilling in I'm your not, uh, in your fancy new Gormonger hat. Yeah, over dude, there. these fucking new Gormonger hats are the fucking <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> so we're doing that Tuesday thing, bringing in episode 84, inching closer to number 100, dude. 100. Going to be crazy, man. Mid June, I think, will be the. The time when we hit that milestone, so yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. It's crazy. Eighty-four plus all the other shit we've done, like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Um, you know, just to see that milestone because we yeah. hit fifty, that was really cool. It seemed like a hundred was a ways oh, off, all you the know? way off. We're almost there now. Like, yeah, goddamn. And April will mark two years that we've been doing the podcast, which is crazy. So. Got some milestones <laughs> coming up. It's going to be really awesome. Going to be a good year for the podcast. That's I never for sure. thought I'd make it in life, but look at me now. Here that's I right. am, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, last week we did a brutal rewind on King Diamond, Merciful Fate. Uh, we hope you guys dug that. We just passed 750 listens at the time of the recording yesterday when i checked it it was right. exactly at 666 i saw that yeah i yeah. was like hell yeah so i had to post it so but thanks to some danish listeners i believe we jumped up to 750 so thanks uh, some new listeners that probably saw my post on the king diamond merciful fate coven uh, fan page so uh yeah, and, hell and yeah numbers are expected like you said it's as specific as the topic yeah. was like yeah everybody's gonna be like oh i'm gonna listen to that some people are like yeah right because it's a very specific like if we specific. did like grindcore there'd be a very you know group of people that would love it and then a lot of people like i don't like grindcore i'm yeah, not gonna exactly. listen to it exactly. you know exactly so understandable but still nothing to uh, sneeze no, at with 750 that's Fuck awesome yeah. thanks motherfuckers um, it gets a you know very specific audience, and it is a short thirty minute episode right. as compared to these marathons we do that are two hours plus now. So, Fuck. <laughs> the next uh, brutal rewind is going to be on Henry Lee Lucas in light of that Netflix documentary that brought up some serious questions about the legitimacy of all those confessions. Man, yeah. it's not so much definitely out there, um, and we had a lot of fun joking with. You know about Henry Lee Lucas when we did that episode with him and Otis Tool, his seeping missing eye and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> that's a good episode to listen to. That Henry Lee Lucas yeah, one we did. That dude is a nut. Him but and Otis. yeah, and so uh, you know that's uh, definitely called into question as all those confessions. So we thought it was worth a thirty-minute revisit of Henry Lee Lucas and talk about that. And that'll be the next Brutal Rewind. I think it's in April. Um, it is the second week of April. Uh, and that's, of course, brought to you exclusively, Chris, by, by Shakers. Shakers, Shakers yeah. Cigar Bar in Milwaukee. 
Um, hangmantours.com. Book a tour of your own today. It's a great place. We love it up there. We've talked about it so many times, but it's awesome. Uh, we had a blast here last weekend with the former guys from Low 12. That was really cool. A bunch of motherfuckers hanging out that time. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Everybody had a good time hanging out. Um, the episode was about two hours and 20 minutes long. Uh, we did our feature, of course, on John Wayne Gacy. Uh, now, if you're a Patreon member, you've already heard it. Um, you've already got it if you're a Patreon member. Yeah, right now, you you ain't got to wait till February. Yeah, you've it's already like, listened. Boom. So that's why you need to join that 666 Club. But if not, you'll have to wait until February 20th when it goes live as episode 87 while I'll be on vacation. Uh, really fucking kick ass. Uh, very happy with the way it turned out. Uh, we also shot some video. We got some full studio shots with the Sony camera. And then the GoPro, the GoPro got passed, got passed around passed the around table. That was a lot yeah. of fun. And so I haven't even attempted to, to dig into that yet. But I now, think we got some really good stuff there. I just got to ask, dude. I was inebriated. How much of that got, GoPro got pointed at me when I was sleeping at the I microphone? I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> why I, I need to look yeah, at it. Yeah. I passed out at the microphone for You real. were pretty drunk. Man. <laughs> I was inebriated as fuck. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, when you show up at 1245 hammered from the night before, yeah. it's going to go down. It ain't going to go anywhere good from there. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. So I don't know. I have to look oh, at shit. it. So we'll see when we get looking at that. But, yeah, you'll definitely not want to miss Chris passed out at the mic oh my God, uh, during dude. that episode. Hey, we did so. have a good time recording some new commercials, though. We did. We got four yeah, new commercials. Did. Uh, Benoit follow up Benoit follow up. anger oh management. My God, that was so bad. It's really <laughs> brutal with Meister doing thought, the yeah, Benoit. You the last one was bad. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> so we did some good ones. Uh, we'll play one tonight for you for uh, our feature. That's right. That's right. The uh, Richard Speck School of Nursing is the commercial, and we'll play that at some point uh, tonight. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, February twentieth, that low twelve episode will be on. Uh, live where you can hear it uh, if you're a patreon member you can get it now get it right now uh we got a new albert fish mask uh from sick rick up on the wall dude looks fucking wicked dude, man. the blue in the eyes is just like i ain't gonna yeah. sorry i'm using this word is mesmerizing it is like it's really creepy the man. Eyes is fuck dude and do you like the addition i have of the grace bud letter in a frame yes. You did get it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. We were talking about that. Yes, yeah, we I were. I just noticed that. Fuck yeah, Yeah, dude. now it's not the actual letter or a copy of the actual letter because the actual letter's in cursive. Yeah, and you can't read And that it's shit. almost impossible to read. That is kind of a simulated version of it, but the text is the all text there. The text is legible, yeah. And I thought it looked cool. So uh, the other oh, one would cool. have been like... Cool that it's the letter, but nobody could have read it. So right, exactly. Because so, I, anyway. I've looked it up, and it fucking it almost looks like uh, another dude. language or something. Really, that's like, weird. Seriously, almost looks like yeah, Arabic it looks like or Middle East, yeah. yeah, Arabic. Yeah, it looks very strange. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, sickrickmasks.com, amazing uh, work. Rick does all the masks that we've got here. Uh, we've got four of them now, so we've got a growing collection, collection of, sick, of Rick. sick Rick in here. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about another Chicago killer. Yeah. This time we're going back to 1966 in that pock-marked 
Slayer of eight nursing students, Richard Speck, man. Pockmark. Yeah. It, I look up pictures of him. It's like, ooh. Yeah, it looks sorry, like he's girl. been like bobbing for french fries, man. Bobbing he's fucking in rough. The, man. In the deep fryer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go from his troubled childhood to titties in prison time. Titties in prison. Uh, <laughs> for the end of his fucked up life. It's going to be a good one for sure. And an episode that Chris and I have been waiting to do for some time. Dude, we've... Yeah, we've talked about it for a long time. We talked about doing well, a specathon yeah, where like just did nothing Zodiac. but spec. But we decided, eh, yeah. we'll tone it down. Well, <laughs> also, because we've done some long episodes. I think at the beginning, we never thought we would do two-hour two hour episodes. Episode. Yeah, we, we were doing one hour, hour, one and like, a half. Okay, that's cool. Now we're like, up. Oh. So I think we might have thought in the beginning that this would have been too much for an episode. For but really, episode. the way we do them now, it's it's fine, you know? Yeah, it works. So like, it, it's going to be good. The murder is the biggest part of the whole thing anyway, for the most yeah, part. So like, it is. It, it is. So, um, you know, you may have seen Spec portrayed on Mindhunter. I know a lot of people are, are into that show. I love it uh, as well. Um, it was in the first season, episode nine. I just watched it again the other day just to re-familiarize myself with it, especially after doing this research. And uh, I've got some comments about that later. So, right, um, right. so it's cool. Tonight we got CK waiting on standby over there on Wildman Street Whoa, in Danbury. There. Hatting capital of the world at one time, Danbury, Connecticut, uh, to weigh in on the passing of drummer Neil Pert, and the metal feature will be on Rush. Um, right. You know, while a lot of people might not consider him a metal band, I don't think I would either. Still very influential, like very said, influential, influential. And the early stuff, the heavier stuff, is definitely could definitely be like a progressive metal for sure. Right. Um, uh, later, they got more into the keyboard stuff, not so much. But I think the early stuff definitely is metal. And like you just said, Chris, rightfully so. A lot of influences there. Bands like Dream Theater, Fate's Warning, Queensryche, countless others have said Rush was a huge influence. Right, especially, especially drummers. Drumming, yeah. yeah, dude was ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. And as a bass player, Getty Lee, unbelievably good. So uh, certainly nothing, to, you know, just a great band. Um, so CK also, though, has a couple of mayhem stories he's claiming. going to hang out this week. Fuck he's yeah, had yeah. some rough ones over the over <laughs> right. the episodes with his bag the he left the at the restaurant. <laughs> Pretty bad stuff. So I'm anxious to see what CK's got in store. So he's ready. So he'll be here through Metal, Mayhem, and the outro. So he's going to stay on through the whole rest of it. So that should be kick-ass. Um Got a new killer cage match uh, to to do tonight, dude. Uh, big thanks to some listeners out there. Yeah, we digging got it. Uh, Samantha Reinhart, Ray McFalls, and Steve O. Morningstar. Yes, us some numbers for this uh, battle. It ain't a battle royale, not tonight. It's yeah. an interesting battle, though. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. got a strange matchup with the boy killer. Old Jesse Pomeroy going up against who, Chris? Uh, the bishop fucking drowned her kids in the bathtub, uh, Andrea Yates. Yeah. So he <laughs> so got a woman that drowned her kids in a bathtub fighting like a, what was he, like 11 or 12 when he went to prison? Oh, he wait, was young, wait, man, Pomeroy. Pomeroy, yeah, I think he's like 13 or yeah. 14, something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was a young kid. So uh, And in solitary for 60 years, 
Uh, that's pretty rough. So that'll be a good fight. I can't even fucking imagine, dude. Dude, that's awful, man. It is seriously uh, I mean, awful. But you killed motherfuckers, so I guess. I know. He did some it. really nasty shit, but God almighty. Uh, if you missed that episode, that's an early episode, but yeah. we did Jesse Pomeroy. Like they found that girl's episode. body in the basement buried underneath all the fucking debris, debris and stuff. And shit. Yeah, yeah, it's really fucked up. One thing I forgot to mention, we were talking about metal. I, I'm, I'm sorry I missed this, is there's been the passing of three metalheads uh, in the scene uh, band members uh, that we're definitely going to talk about tonight. I know uh, some of you guys uh, probably saw a lot of this stuff on Facebook, but by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure most of you will have heard of this. I've heard it, yeah, but we yeah. want to talk about that in the metal segment, but I forgot to mention that when we were just doing that. So anyway, the, uh, uh, the cage match will be later on in the Mayhem segment. Uh, speaking of killer cage match, we got a really good contest coming up, Chris. Uh, good to do with the cage matches, you know. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. Like yeah. you said before, sort of like a fucking uh, March Madness style, kind of like that. Yeah. Bracket. Who was it that mentioned that we should do that? I We were talking to somebody. And they said we should do a March Man. I don't know if it was Tex or somebody. Yeah, I don't remember. Luke, who was, maybe. Somebody. I don't know. We had somebody you let on. Us know. <laughs> yeah, please do because I want to credit you because that was a great idea. So what we thought we would do, we'll explain this more in the Mayhem segment later, is we're going to take the concept of March Madness and it's going to be March Mayhem, and it'll be serial killers going up against, each, against other. each other. And you guys will get to enter a contest. And the winner gets to do what, Chris? Yeah, his co-hosts through Messenger or whatever. To yeah. Just hit us up and on Tuesday night that we decide. And uh, we might even give you the option to pick who we talk about the night yeah, going. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, that would be a great honor, man, to get to pick the fucking feature yeah, and pick. be co-hosting with us through Messenger or Skype Fuck yeah. uh, while we do the show. So uh, you get to be on Murder Metal Mayhem if you win this one. So this is going to be cool as hell and should be a lot of fun. And it'll go out over four weeks in March. The last week of the month will be when we announce the winner and uh, all that good stuff. And we're going to have Brian Ward in here that night with us. Dark History and Horror Convention yes, mastermind himself will be in here with us. We're going to we got a good feature that night, too. So that should be really fun. To have yeah. Brian in here for Brian, that shit. Uh, yeah, something that he hasn't heard of. <laughs> yeah, a little suicide, a little, a little uh, murder, cannibal, suicide, cannibalism, girlfriend stew crazy on the stove all the time, bro. <laughs> pretty <laughs> fucked up. I had never heard of it before you shared it with me, yeah, but oh my god, fucky. dude, <laughs> it's gonna be good. So you got a lot of good stuff coming up here, guys. But that contest should be fun for the month of March. Uh, our new book, the coffee table book that should be nowhere near a coffee table, arrived from the printer. Chris, what do you think, man? It's fucking amazing. And uh, my test great. copy that you got, everybody has looked at it's like, fuck yeah, dude, I definitely need to get one. Oh, so yeah. now they're in. That's right. They're fuck in. Yeah. We got some advanced orders that went out. Thank you. Uh, they go out with the new Joe Matheny cannibal sticker, yeah. dude. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Dathan's artwork's fucking on. Yeah. There. Get your cannibal on. Fucking. That's right. Ooh, little yeah. Joe Matheny artwork there from Dathan Engel, who did the artwork for this book. So uh, go to our Facebook page or check out the episode description uh, for a link because uh, you want to order this. It comes out officially January 31st, 
but uh, they came back from the printer a little early, so fuck it. We're selling them now. Sell them now. So Buy go on and get and one. Get a free sticker with each one. The offer for the free 8 by 10s over because that was uh, passed. It was an early pre-order type of thing. But now that they're in, uh, that deal's gone, but you can still get the book. Uh, 10 bucks plus shipping and get a free couple free Joe yep. Matheny stickers with yes, that. Sir. Uh, thanks to sponsor SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Tony Campagna is fucking amazing, dude. We've been talking Great. about it. The all lamp the is sick. Gotta as make sure we fuck, get his artwork man. in and all our pictures, all of them. Holy shit! God damn it! Yeah, dude. the forearm is still That's probably staple. my favorite, just because it's so sick yeah, looking. It's staple. <laughs> so real. And the lamp is amazing. Uh, Tony is just fantastic. So SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Go check it out. Um, you can order something. He's got stuff from all price points from, you know, 30 bucks to a couple hundred if you want to spend some money on some nicer stuff. But he's got all sorts of things. You get hands, arms, faces, aprons, fucking, you know, whatever you're into, Tony's got it. SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. A uh, huge thanks to everybody out there listening. We do really appreciate it. Continue to see the numbers roll yes. in. Thanks, everyone, man. You make me, it's amazing. Make me feel like a good person sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always cool to see new cities showing up. Danbury, Connecticut is still kicking ass at number two behind Chicago, but Bloomington, Illinois, right behind them. Um, our international listeners still kicking ass. Horns high to some new people in Ireland checking us out. Ireland moved into number three, beat out the, the UK by I a like few. I like beer, too. Yeah. <laughs> Got St. Paddy's Day coming up. So thanks to all our Irish listeners out there uh, and everybody internationally and within the U.S., everyone. Thank you very, very much. Uh, that's really awesome. And uh, also a little surge in the Danish listeners from Denmark, maybe because of that brutal rewind on King, on King Diamond. Diamond. I don't know. Yeah. So very thank possible. you for listening and spreading the word like a case of the clap in a trailer park. So, well, Chris, we got a lot of shit on our plate tonight. We got eight dead nurses in Chicago and a dude with some giant man titties in prison titties. claiming to be the killer. So what do we need to do, let's, brother? Let's get our man titty murder on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Church of Misery. Born, born to raise hell. Born to raise hell. Fucking and yeah. That's significant Those guys have some story. cool songs, man. Right, yeah. They do have some cool... And all about serial killers yeah. and shit, murder and yeah, shit Yeah, there's like been that. a few we've played on here just because I search for the songs and I'm like, fuck yeah, there's Church of Misery again. Always you know? there. Fucking awesome, man. So tonight, talking some Richard Speck, dude. This is going to yeah. be good. Very fucking strange fucking situation with yeah, this dude. Yeah, he did have kind of a weird growing up and everything, but yeah, what he did was just so random. Yeah, very much so. Random as fuck. Now, he's not a serial killer. A lot of people would call him a serial killer, but I kind of did some research. No, he's not a serial killer. With the Peter Vronsky book, uh, Sons of Cain, and he would be classified 
as a mass murderer. So uh, he killed everyone in one shot in the same place, the same the same time. Like I mean, it was late one night into the next morning, but still a few hours, whatever. But it was still at the the same same event. People, same legit spot, right? And it was one after the other. He went all all over the place killing people. Yeah, he just. He just whacked out, man. Yeah, Yeah, it's fucked up because he killed eight fucking girls, eight eight nursing students at uh, the same time over there in Chicago uh, in July of 1966. Uh, So very, very bad. Tortured, raped, murdered. Um, His jailhouse tattoo, Born to Raise Hell, on his forearm would be an important part of his capture later on, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the way he's caught. Um, the That's murderers right. were dubbed the crime of the century by some at the time and got considerable media attention, especially in Chicago. Um, but, you know, he gets kind of forgotten. I think he gets caught up in the Manson. You know, Vietnam was a it's huge thing in the news all the time. Time, Yeah. And it, it was kind of like, obviously, this is like freaking 12 years before I was born. Right. So, like, I didn't know about it, but it's close to home, though. Oh, sure. trial and everything, boom. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even born yet when this happened, so it was fucking forever ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was also a lot of racial unrest in the the country at the time. So you just had a lot going on. You know, the man on the first man on the moon in 1969. You had all these different major events going on, and I think Speck just kind of gets lost in that. Washed over, yeah. Now... He becomes front and center when Bill Curtis did his story in 96 Got that showed him with tapes. those what the big fuck? old titties, dude. Uh, sucking dicks, snorting fucking coke. Doing, in prison. Pretty fucking crazy display yeah, in a prison cell. And like, dude, people were outraged, man. Yeah, it, it changed uh, Illinois fucking... Uh, not judicial penitentiary. The prison, the, yeah, the yeah. prison system. Yeah, yeah, because people were like, "This should not be going yeah, on." How is this prison. fucking happening? What the dude? fuck? There's like actual video footage, and they're just oh yeah. Chilling. So yeah. So we're we'll going to talk about it in more detail, but it's just a little snapshot here of what we're going to be doing tonight. So now, according to Dr. Peter Vronsky, Speck would be uh, part of what some would call the golden age of serial killers. Um, even though Speck is not considered a serial killer by most definitions, uh, Vronsky's book, uh, Sons of Cain, gets into that and cites many other examples of killers from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So he looks at that as the golden age. And when you think about it, Chris, a lot of the big names fall in that 60s, it's, 70s, oh, 80s. Oh, 100%. Like huge. A, lot, a, a majority of the ones we've talked about are The in, bigger name ones, yeah. yeah. In that era. Nowadays, motherfuckers just out in the open don't give a shit. I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to right, kill Right, right. Which is fucking stupid, too. Of course, of course. Now, we've joked around about Speck quite a bit since we started doing this, and I know we talked about doing a full episode like we did with Zodiac, but uh, uh, we, we thought it would be cool to just do a typical episode and work him in. Uh, so we hope you guys dig it, and for those of you from Illinois – who remember all that media attention those prison videos got? Fuck. We hope uh, <laughs> we hope that you think we did it justice. So uh, always try to do the best that we can. Now he's born in December 1941 in the small western Illinois town of Kirkwood, a big metropolis, uh, barely over 500 people. So. Half a grand. 
Not too far from where Jenny uh, was born and raised, which is kind of funny. Right. Not very far no, at all. No, it's not at all. So it's, I, I it's kind it's of at. funny. I was giving her a lot of shit about that. Uh, Speck was the seventh of eight kids born into one family. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Both yeah. he and his younger sister were considerably younger than the older siblings. Yeah, I think, wasn't he like 10 years younger? Something than like the that. It was quite a, yeah, that was a, a distance. Big gap. <clears throat> so a little oops uh, situation, probably. Uh, family moved to the large town of Monmouth, Illinois, uh, where his father worked in a factory. Uh, but when Speck is six, his father dies suddenly of a heart attack at age 53. And this obviously devastates the kid, but he right. was very close to his dad. Yeah, he looked up to his, excuse me. He used to fish to his with him. His dad was a really hardworking guy, good dude. So it's unfortunate that he dies when and Speck is so young because the next motherfucker would not be so fucking no, not nice. not so much. And like his mom wouldn't allow alcohol or anything in the right. house when, when his dad was around right like if his dad drank or anything she's pissed like right yeah so it. apparently she says fuck it because she's got two kids at home the other and at that out. time it was tough for a woman with children to find somebody right. that was willing to marry her or take her you know help her take care of the kids you know and so she meets this uh traveling salesman yeah the classic piece cliche. of shit <laughs> <laughs> um now, I don't know how she would have got along in Shawback Nation, though, with the way she was so against drinking. You know? Bitch, you better get out. <laughs> have a beer or something, goddamn. <laughs> so you wonder if she really loved this traveling salesman or if it was just the idea that she found somebody to help her. Um, whatever. Like, he didn't raise the kids well, though. Right. He was terrible. Um, he's the opposite of the father. Uh, drank heavily. A 25-year criminal record for things like drunk driving and forgery. Uh, he married Speck's mother in 1950, and they moved with the two younger kids to north-central Texas to the small, small town of Palo Pinto, about 40 miles from Fort Worth. Uh, the stepfather was beating Speck's mother. He's beating the kids. Uh, what a difference uh, yeah, between them is unbelievable. Having a dad that you actually do fun stuff with, takes care of you, disciplines you the correct way, and then now you got right. this dude just, just going all nuts, fucking dumb, and beating me up, beating my mom. I'd have killed the motherfucker right there. Well, yeah, I mean, most of us would, you know. I like, mean, that's fucked up. Yeah, you don't so, touch my mom, bro. The marriage is definitely heading into a fucking wood chipper, you know. I mean, it's just not a good fucking ending to this. Now, speaking of wood chippers, we did that wood chipper love episode. <laughs> right. I think that was number two, if I'm not mistaken. If you miss that shit, wow. Uh, dude putting his wife through a wood chipper and uh, getting caught, though. That was kind of kind of funny how he gets caught. But uh, I thought Orange Wood coats. Chipper mention was worthy there. Wood Chipper Love, episode two, I think. Uh, Chris, you got another case of troubled situations at home, physical abuse, and then you add to that the yeah. really over-the-top religious mom. Yeah, his mom was Dude, what the fuck, man? I don't know. I, don't, I just feel like it's still, I feel like it's strange that the religion always comes into it, like, I know it, it get put gets pushed on these people pushed on them, and they just snap out like. 
It does it, seem it that this is so often, you know, like you said, they're pushing it on them. They're really militant about it, and then right. they just fucking lose it. Like, you I'm know, fucking they rebel out. against and, it. And you know, even what they do has nothing to do with the religion, right? But something in their brain just snapped, right, and popped and said, "Done with everything." Fuck yes. It. So. I so yeah, it's it's a train wreck here. Over the next 12 years, the family moves to Dallas and has 10 different addresses in some pretty shady fucking parts of town. Um, Speck despises his drunk stepfather, of course, uh, who's constantly ridiculing him, telling him he looked like a girl, calling him an idiot. Going back to the whole thing, Chris, with the being picked on as a kid, that's another one yep. that's very common. These kids fucking snap. They get tired of it, you and they rage the fuck out. So far, dude. Um, it was because of that abuse that Speck began to fear people making fun of him, so he struggled in school. Uh, he needed glasses, refused to fucking and wear them. did not wear them. I'm sure he got made fun of for having glasses, too. It's Probably. Because he never wore them. Probably. So now he can't read the, the board, so he's fallen behind in his classes. Um, 1957, just before his 16th birthday, he drops out of uh, high school. He's failing every fucking subject. And he's basically known just as a fucking punk who's constantly in trouble with the fucking Always cops. You know? I mean, when he started drinking, he was like 12 years old. And yeah. He, he, like, got in trouble, like, had juvenile jail time and shit for it. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty fucked up right there. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he starts drinking at age 12. God damn. I mean, I grew up in the cornfields in the country. I had my share of alcoholic beverages. Like, I remember being a kid, like, eight years old and stealing my dad's beer when he wasn't looking. <laughs> ain't no bullshit. It's happened. But, I mean, he was, like, regular. He's He was drinking, like, like I drink. Like... Drinking, drinking. Right. At 12, I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. And he starts this eight-year run of him getting into trouble with the cops. Um, probably the main reason Speck get, kept getting into trouble and making dumb decisions was that he was drinking like a fucking yeah. animal, fucking 24-7. I mean, 12, 13 years old and just kind of, your brain, you know your brain is, you probably don't remember any of it. Honestly. Probably not. His first arrest was for trespassing. It was followed by a string of misdemeanors. Like we find in a lot of these uh, serial killers, petty crimes, dumb shit, you know, like Charles Zang, you know, yeah. just a kleptomaniac. Just like anything to like kind of get off or whatever. Just, yeah. It's like, it's a, like drug a thrill. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his stepfather was known to have been physically abusive, uh, which we mentioned, and he suffered a serious head injury. There we go again. Um, from a bad fall uh, from a tree that caused blackouts uh, later on in life. And, Chris, here we go again with the fucking head injuries, man. Always the head injuries, man. Like like we said before, huge percentage of these these people that do this, they've hit in the head by a swing, brick, right. fell, fell out of a tree, right. hit by a train. Right. Football fucking player, football fucking players, whatever. Like the head injuries, I feel like, is a huge, huge thing. It is a huge issue. It really is. And this guy, you start crossing off the fucking things off the list. Head injury, picked ab on. Abused. Mom, very dominating with the religious shit. Abusive stepfather, right. fucking all that. Like just, All that stuff. Alcohol, throw that one on the fire. I mean, goddamn. It's like there's no way but down for this guy to go no. here. Um, not now, unless he's got that right mindset, which he don't. He does not. 
1961, he meets a 15-year-old girl, Shirley Malone, at the Texas State Fair. Uh, must have been a nice little courtship there, Chris. I After three so. weeks, he gets her pregnant, and they get married. And moves in with him and his mom and his sister. That had to be a special sight because um, his stepfather fucking bolted. He left for California. So his mom and him split. Um, and I can't imagine the mom being too nice to old Shirley uh, when she shows up pregnant after yeah. only three weeks, dude. Like, uh, especially with all the religious shit, because she's like premarital. I'm sure she's premarital sex fucking. Right. And now you have. So I at least she, they're married. Yeah, okay. I bet you she was part of the reason they did probably, get married. Probably. Probably. Like, oh, hold on. You guys have to get married now. You're right. pregnant. You bet this is happening. Right. But you, you know that it, it had to burn her ass that the girl was even pregnant at all. Yeah. You know. And now he's got her coming to live with him and shit. Yeah. It had to be. It had to be a little interesting there uh, with that all going on. So. Uh, Richard drops the uh, stepfather's last name and uses the last name Speck instead. Uh, he continues his drinking, getting into trouble, uh, misses the birth of his own daughter because yeah, he's locked he was in up. Jail. You know, after getting into a that fight suck, in a bar. Dude. Yeah, I mean that would be terrible. But he didn't seem to can't care get either. that shit back, dude. You know, no, you can't get it back. But and he didn't seem to care though. No, that was, that's didn't give thing. a fuck. He did not seem to care. No at fucks all. given here. No. Uh, 1963 gets busted for forgery and burglary winds up with a three-year sentence that uh, he served at the uh, Huntsville prison in Texas Uh, that's the one we've talked about before where they do the executions Uh, he does not have a very good time there they beat the shit out of him a lot and probably raped him uh, would guessing Uh, but he lucks out dude he only gets 18 months uh, and gets out so he, at least he didn't do a full three years, I guess. Only half of it. Right. A little over half of it. Right. Uh, now, only a week after his parole, uh, he attacks a woman with a... I saw the 17-inch knife. I mean, at what point do you call a knife a fucking sword, dude? I mean, that's a big-ass fucking... That's like machete style. Yeah, that that's not a knife. Like you said, that's a machete, dude. Like, Yeah, that's I mean, pretty crazy, man. But he attacks a woman with a 17-inch knife and get busted a few blocks away after she screamed and forced him to run. Uh, He gets more time, sent back to Huntsville, more fucking beaten up, more fucking sodomy. Uh, But due to some glitch in the system, he winds up only doing six months, and he's let out again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Uh, It seems like he's pointing all his anger at weaker victims than him. And unfortunately, he hurts lots of young women before he even started to fucking kill. So, pretty fucked up shit. Now, Chris, this is you know one of those common things we hear. They get chance after chance to straighten their life, let out of prison, and they just keep fucking it up. Um, How the fuck does he get out only six months uh, after attacking that woman with the knife? I don't know, but uh, I can guarantee you I'm not going to take a 16-inch blade, go out and try it and see how fast I 17. get out. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. 17-inch <laughs> blade. Go out and try that and see right? how fast I get out because I ain't about that life. Hell, Hell no. <laughs> now, yeah, the fact he got out so quick on that is just ridiculous. It is man. ridiculous. After his release, uh, Speck gets a job as a truck driver. This is fucked up. As much as he drinks, he gets in <laughs> six accidents driver. in three months. 
six accidents Dude. in three months and stopped showing up for work. Do so, you think he just stopped showing up because he's like, man... I'm going to fuck up another truck and I'm going to get fired. I might as well just stay home, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. Six pranks uh, in three months. Like, holy, yeah. That's like every after, other week he's yeah, getting in a wreck. I think after like the second or third one, if I was the company, I'd be like, look, dude, this you're isn't done. the job for you, man. I mean, yeah. you can't do this You no can work more, on man. the loading dock or something, yeah, but you can't yeah. get behind you a wheel. You trucks no more. No. So 1965, he's now separated from his wife. He moves in with a woman, which I thought is interesting. Under the recommendation of his mother, the woman is divorced, uh, three three. kids, a bartender at his favorite bar, and a former professional wrestler. I mean, what the fuck? It sounds like that match is like a good sitcom or a fucking reality show. right. Basically, you know? just to have him go over there and babysit her kids and shit. Right. Because Richard's the best guy to be a babysitter. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, she needed somebody to watch her kids. So, yeah, of all fucking people, you're putting in charge of that. <laughs> this guy that's uh, been criminally active since he's 12 right. can't stop drinking for shit, attacks people with huge-ass knives. Yeah, right. let me watch your fucking yeah. kids. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Uh, I thought the professional wrestler thing was yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that is pretty funny. She I had to be a real that. treat, man. Oh, I bet. She probably uh, <laughs> beat his ass all the time. <laughs> probably. Um, so he's constantly hanging out at the bar where she works, of course. Gets into a fight, stabs a dude. Uh, Speck's mother gets him a lawyer, winds up getting the charges dropped for a $10 fine. Fucking $10 fine for stabbing a motherfucker, dude. How fucked Holy up is that? Shit. Then, then the he doesn't even pay it. Doesn't pay it. So then he has to do three days in the fucking jail it's like, to cover I, it. I mean, Fuck it. I guess it's only three days in jail. He's like, this $10, I can go buy some booze. Fucking right? get three days. I'll just sleep the whole three days away when I get out. Right. But I mean, still, it's a $10 fine for stabbing a motherfucker. I know. That's fucked up. <laughs> Pretty good lawyer, I'm guessing, huh? <laughs> Fuck. So, March of 1966, uh, Speck buys himself a car, robs a grocery store of 70 cartons of cigarettes. Just I thought this was funny. Him out the back of his car. Right in the parking lot of the store he stole, <laughs> he stole them from. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? That, like, dude's got some cojones, I guess. Jesus. Either that or he's just dumber than fuck, man. Oh, he's stupid man. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he abandons the car, but it's traced back to him where he's issued a warrant for burglary, his 42nd charge and in Dallas alone. God <laughs> what the damn. fuck? You got to remember, he started doing this, going to jail in Monmouth, Illinois. Right, <laughs> like, when he was 12, you know. And, and that's 42 in just Dallas. Yeah, Holy unbelievable, shit. man. So he knew more prison time would come from the charges, so he gets on a bus and heads to Chicago, man. To He's Chirac. just like, fuck it. You know, fuck this. I mean, it is the fucking hugest murder fucking city in this goddamn country. Yeah. So, I mean, might as well go to work. Might as well. With it. Try to blend in. Right. Um, he's in so much trouble all the time, dude. It's amazing that the state of Texas didn't lock his ass up, throw away the key. No, man. for real. The fact that he didn't stay in prison in Texas longer is super fucking surprising. Yeah, because Texas is, like Tex was saying, is pretty tough, man. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. So I don't know. Uh, Speck stays with his sister Martha for a few days in Chicago before he moves back to Monmouth, where his brother hooks him up with a good job as a carpenter. But Chris, he can't seem to stay at fucking 
on the straight and narrow, dude. He no. can't get his shit together. Finds out his ex-wife gets remarried and, and he flipped the fuck out. Why can't why couldn't he just let it go? It's your ex-wife. Like your ex-wife. Obviously right. you didn't want to be with her. What the fuck right. difference is it? What make do you, you care? Right. And he starts spending more time in bars as if he wasn't doing that already. Uh taking up residence in this sleazy ass fucking hotel. Can only imagine how fucking skanky it was. I've been this so many times. I wish I had fucking... I actually Googled it to see if it was still there, and I don't think it is, but there were pictures of it like from back in the day, but you can't really tell from the pictures if it's nice or not. It might be okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it... Just picturing him there would just make it seem like really skanky. Yeah, for real. Um, he gets in trouble again, again, wielding a knife on some guy in the bathroom of a bar near Burlington, Iowa. I mean, this motherfucker needs to just put the fucking right away. Like, dude, <laughs> I know what Burlington's just down the road a piece, but God damn. put the knife away, bro. <laughs> I know there's titty bars right by the river right there. I've drove by them, but damn, put the knife away. <laughs> put the knife away. <laughs> He just <laughs> he just can't seem to get his shit straight, dude. Alcohol was definitely the problem. Uh, just seemed to be constantly that underlying factor is the alcohol shit. Uh, it's now 1966 still, um, and an elderly woman in Monmouth wakes up to see a man in her house who fits uh, his description. Six foot tall, slender, spoke with a slight southern drawl. Which I find odd. I mean... I know he was in Texas for a while, but I don't feel like Texans have that draw like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, where I was, I was near an army base, so everybody doesn't sound like they're from there for the most part. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, But he had that slight southern twang, um, so that's how, you know, she she remembered that. What's that? (laughs) I said no offense against people from Texas. Of course Sorry, Tex. Of course not. Uh, he tied her up, raped her, and stole a few dollars before leaving the home. In a small town like Monmouth, of course, the police don't have to think about too hard about who that was. Um, a week later, a local barmaid from Frank's Tavern was found dead in an empty hog pen behind her house after being struck with an object in her abdomen that ruptured her liver. So yeah, what the fuck like with a, that? I thought it was like blunt force, like it. Like just a yeah. hard hit, basically. Yeah, really her. hit her hard there. Yeah, it's really so strange. Not like punctured it. Just no, fucking hit hard. Yeah. Um, now the police had multiple reasons to suspect Speck for the murder because he was a frequent customer at Frank's, um, and he was the one that helped build the hog pen recently there. So that's he kind of an layout. odd coincidence. So uh, cops went to the Christie Hotel to question him about the murder, but he's gone. Uh, Left behind in the room, um, you know, some jewelry, uh, you know, from a recent rape. Uh, So they definitely knew, you know, this motherfucker's gone. Um, He's on his way back to his sister's house in Chicago. And as far as I know, no one was ever charged with that murder. I didn't see anything didn't about, see that anything about that they solved it. So kind of assuming it was him. That they like, uh, Speck did it, drop it, which right. I wouldn't say it didn't happen. But at the same time, you'd think you'd kind of want to get a little resolution. You to would. The, the families usually want that, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, he knows the heat's on in Monmouth. So he's definitely going to Chicago to 
try to blend in like we were joking about, you know. I mean, fit in. Nobody's looking for me. Well, I mean, because yeah, Monmouth. I mean, he can't get away down there. No, I mean, it's, it's too small of a town. You know, Chicago is just like massive. Like right. Mom is like two of Chicago's blocks, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really. Now, it was April of 1966. Uh, Speck moves back uh, with his sister, um, who's ironically a registered nurse. I thought that was kind of funny. Now, she's got a husband and two teenage daughters. Uh, another thing, uh, probably not a good idea to have kids around this motherfucker. No, I don't um, think so. He didn't especially take girls, uh, teenage girls. Um her husband tried to help him uh, by getting him a job with the U.S. Merchant Marines as an apprentice seaman. I thought that was kind of funny <laughs> because, ironically, he would be the master seaman yes, later would. in his life on the cell block. In a different way. <laughs> That's right. It's spelled way different. <laughs> <laughs> he would go out on a couple of ships, um, once having to be sent back for an emergency appendix removal, and another time... Uh, sent back for drinking and fighting with another seaman. So he just can't fucking just stop. I mean, he Knives just, and booze. Yeah. I mean, he's just out of fucking hand, dude. Life is in turtle, total fucking turmoil. Uh, Speck is staying with his sister, but he's also staying in Michigan with his divorced nurse he met. He's got to think for nurses, man. Yes, he does, apparently. Um, <laughs> maybe he, he also, loved his sister. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, he also stays in a couple different flop houses in Chicago and Michigan. I actually looked up what the fuck is a flop house. I mean, I know what it is, but Ish. I didn't really know for sure. And it's just a seedy, skanky hotel. You yeah, know, nothing. It's just an old term. But I just, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, what exactly what exa is yeah, that? Explain you know? to me what is a flop so house. Like, like? We go the extra mile here, dude, in yeah, Murder, right, Metal, Mayhem. Right? Going I mean, the extra mile. It could have been just like a crack house you know where people just go fucking well sure flop down and yeah shit. yeah very true uh he's drinking a lot uh still about ready to totally fall apart i'm sure his sister and her husband are sick of his fucking drunk ass uh honey uh your brother pissed in the hamper again you know <laughs> can you please tell him to stop you and know tell him i got him this job for a reason he should try to keep the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Honey, can you tell your brother to take a shower? He stinks. He stinks bad. <laughs> I smell the fucking booze from last week on him. <laughs> right? So, you know, he's just got to be wearing out his welcome there. He winds up at a union hall applying for his card, uh, for his semen card. Um, <laughs> it sounds funny. And it's his next <laughs> his semen yeah, card. Sure. <laughs> um was that that's that Beavis and Butthead in us, right? Um, Bricktown House uh, is right next door to the Union Hall. Of course, one of them is used by the Chicago Community Hospital and their senior nursing students and some Filipino exchange students. So, Chris, he's a ticking time bomb. He's worn out his welcome at the sisters' joint. I'm sure that didn't. I'm surprised that didn't happen before. Yeah, I'm sure it was on the verge of it, right? Yeah, he knew he had to know it was coming, man. I mean, yeah, on. they drop him off at the union hall with 25 bucks, and they're like, "Okay, uh, have a nice life. Peace you out, know, bitch. We're done. Uh, good luck." Um, over the next couple days, uh, Speck gets bumped from one ship due to somebody having seniority. He gets frustrated after the union closes. He's got nowhere to stay. 
Um, his sister gave him that 25 bucks, so he's like rolling in he's the like, dough. Fuck yeah, I'm going drinking, boys. 1966. <laughs> he's like, fuck it. He goes, hits the bars, and checks into an inn uh, where he can stay the night. Uh, meets up with a woman at the bar who he takes to her room. He rapes her uh, and steals a pistol that she had. As you do. Right, apparently, <laughs> when you're doing the spec thing, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he goes back to the bars again. This time he's dressed all in black, uh, doing a little Johnny Cash imitation dun, dun, dun. here. <laughs> <laughs> with a switchblade knife. There we go again with the <laughs> And the pistol. Um, and I read in a book about him that, uh, you know, when he was asked why he always carried a knife, he was quoted to say, I'm too chicken to fight with my hands. I'm so stab a motherfucker. We'd rather That's stab a motherfucker. Don't fight me because you're going to get stuck. I guess. At some point during the night, July 13th, 1966, he walks the short distance to the townhouse where the nursing students lived and very hot July night. He's walking, and it's close by. Goes to this damn house. It's so bad. It's 11 o'clock when he gets there to the townhouse. Um, He uses his knife to get all the girls into one room, um, and he uses torn bed sheets to tie them up. And, Um, like, ripping them apart and just, like, laying the pieces over them as they're watching him do it. Right. Not sure what the fuck he's doing. Not sure what's going on. Like, tearing them, like, holding on... I couldn't even imagine the thoughts going through these ladies' heads as they're oh, watching yeah. this guy like hold them hostage, not basically hold them hostage, and he's just tearing up the damn sheets. You, you know, it had to go through their mind. He's about to tie us up with these goddamn bed sheets, man. Oh yeah, like you had to. They had to know that. So it's gonna turn out to not be a good night for these ladies at all. No, not at all. Um, They know something's up here. Like you said, he's kind of fucking with them. Um, He would say at one time in the beginning that he had raped all of them, but it would come out later that he had only raped the last one. Um, His DNA was found there, um, but that was, of course, long before they could test it really for anything. Uh, One of the nurses, Corazon Amareo, hid under the bed and was amazingly spared. So she was fucking lucky. Um, She was one of the Filipino nurses. She waits until 6 a.m. She starts hearing alarms going off and nobody answering them. And And she figured he was gone. She heard everything going on. too. Yeah. She comes out of hiding and then she'd be the star witness. Uh, Chris, she's fucking lucky um, that he lost track of how many nurses there were. Uh, But he does manage to kill eight of the nine. Um, and the last one that, of course, gets away is the right. one that's uh, his undoing. Yeah, so. so like like I said, she says she heard everything. Could you imagine hiding that long and just listening to all your friends? Oh, my God, the that'd shit, be the, horrible, the dude. The stabbings and the, the, the rape on the one and everything being said. And you're just sitting there trying to be as quiet as you fucking possibly can. So you so can you're live. you're not that person having that happen. Yeah. But that'd be the hardest thing in the world, man. Dude, and the guilt had to be awful, I man. I bet. I bet. So these cops that show up at the scene, man, they're just fucking horrified at this, man. It's very fucking gruesome. Eight bodies. Pretty fucking bloody, bloody man. Bloody as fuck. And, uh, and like we were talking about uh, the, the nurse that got away, she had to come out of hiding and 
see yeah all of that too after hearing it all go on right like see it that so, had to be really bad man super bad um now the cops originally thought that it could have something to do with these race riots that had been going on so they were just really flummoxed i mean they just like what the fuck eight girls fucking butchered uh yeah, and they're don't know what's going on um fingerprints found at the scene of course would link spec to the murders a drifter who was staying at a local flop house with Speck identified him from the sketch in the newspapers uh, two days after the killings. Uh, the police were out thick to try to find the murderer and Speck, fearing he was going to be caught. Uh, he tries to kill himself with a broken bottle to slash his wrists. Of course, he's not successful. And at the hospital, a 25-year-old resident doctor Notice this distinguishable tattoo. It's like born to raise hell. Yeah. That's the only tattoo he had, too. Like, what a piece of shit, dude. Right? <laughs> and it looked like shit, too. Yeah, it was just it, like it was a like, scrawled on his arm. Not yeah. even cool looking. Like on his inner fucking, forearm is where yeah, it was. Yeah, not even like jailhouse quality tattoo. It's like, like well, really homemade. Took their CD fucking player machine, bat motor and made totally. their machine. And then they had their friend that was fucking all high on crack. <laughs> I can tat you up, bro. I can do it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. But uh, what happens is he's got all this blood on his arm and the doctor said as he wiped the blood away, he could see part of the words and he right. was reading it and he remembered that article that said that's what he had that's on his arm born result so he too. calls the fucking cops and speck gets arrested man that's pretty crazy I found your guy that's right he came in here covered in blood and he's got the same tattoo i'm gonna say it's that guy <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah it's definitely an interesting way to get caught real. i thought it was kind of cool now, while in custody, the psychiatrist that examined Speck said he had a Madonna whore complex. That needs to that be is. a band name. Madonna, Madonna whore, whore complex. complex. <laughs> Somebody out there, use that name, please. Because <laughs> that that's too fucking cool, okay? Madonna whore Madonna complex. Whore complex. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, this is where men see other women as either pure Madonnas, like the mother of Christ, Right. Or uh, as whore. whores, one or the other. There's no in between. You can't just no be middle a good, ground. Yeah, you just can't be a good lady. You're either a fucking straight up saint, right, or you're a fucking straight up slut. Yeah, one or the other. So it's a complicated condition um, that affects their relationships. Um, I'm sure his mother's super religious ways had something to do with that, right? Uh, that like we were she talking was about the saint. And then very much after everybody else is the whore got remarried. She was a whore. Fucking. Right. Boom. Yeah. I bet you. And they also said he was an obsessive compulsive, a sociopath and had quote, an organic brain syndrome, unquote, uh, from, from All those right. earlier head injuries. So the doctors also spoke of his childhood of abuse as being a contributing factor to why he rebelled against authority and abused alcohol which took him down the road to crime, of course. So some suspect that Speck was sexually abused by the alcoholic stepfather, but I have not I've seen anything seen conclusive anything about that at all. So I don't know about that, but that was one thing I read where that was alluded to a possibility. Right. I mean, I wouldn't say it wasn't a thing. Right. But we don't know. He never, he never claimed anything about it personally. Yeah, he never said anything that I'm aware of, but the book that I referenced uh, 
crime of the century, uh, I read something where it was inferred that that could have been the thing. Um, He's very complex, though, Chris. Lots going on here. A lot of things. A lot of moving parts, man. There's either a lot going on in his head or absolutely nothing going on in his head. Or absolutely nothing. Now, he, for some reason, wanted a book written about him. So a psychiatrist, this Dr. Zipperin, uh, started on one right away. And it was during this process that some of the details of Speck's crimes were known. Um, they couldn't use those sessions, though, as evidence since he was sedated during them. So Yeah, the drug, inf- they didn't want it. the defense coming back as, no, he was under the influence. Right. Of whatever they used to sedate him. He wasn't thinking right at the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, another book, uh, the one I mentioned, uh, Crime of the Century, was written by the prosecutor, William J. Martin, and that's the one that I have. At the time, Speck claimed he had no memory of the crime so and no shit. Out. Exactly. Blacked you know, out. Drinking since 12 Waste. years old. Been drinking since Friday. I'm here to do a podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the, the police waited three weeks to question him due to an ongoing case involving Miranda rights in 1966. I thought this was very interesting. So the Miranda rights were being worked out in the Supreme Court while he was in custody. So they didn't want to question him until until that got worked out. So there was nothing that got fucked up. So that's pretty, pretty crazy of the timing here. Like, I guess they had sufficient evidence to hold him. I was going to say, oh, like, yeah. yeah, okay. I, I was thinking about that for a second. I would and think like, so, for God's nah, sake. they basically His got fingerprints it. were there. Right, I mean, fucking blood, the tattoo, the fucking, yeah. yeah. Uh, 1978, he would confess to the crimes to the Chicago Tribune um, during an interview, and then again in 1988 um, during some video he made while in prison with the other inmates, which is the one that we talked about. Um, Speck would casually say of the 1966 murders, quote, it just wasn't their night. What the fuck, man? Yeah, because they did something wrong. Right? You got these freaking 19, early 20-year-old girls just trying to get Going to school. They were all, like, really good students. I mean, what the fuck, man? Your fucking drunk ass just wants to fucking be a dick because... Nobody, it wasn't their night. I mean, what yeah, kind of bullshit is that? And that's portrayed in that Mindhunter special um, where he says that. It's just fucked up. I can't believe you know somebody could actually think that. No, it's not just at crazy. All. Now, the trial is held in Peoria in 1967, which was the year, Chris, that I was born. Yes. Um, to okay. keep oh, some distance <laughs> between Chicago and a tainted pool of jurors due to the you know massive coverage. Covered everybody in Chicago knew it ain't like the new. I mean, they, I'm sure people in Peoria knew the news, but it ain't like it traveled like it does now right. in the oh, 1960s. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, the surviving nurse positively identified him during the trial in a bold move. She gets up off the stand, walks over to Speck, points at him, and says, this is the man. Um, and after a 45-minute uh, deliberation, uh, the jury finds him guilty and sentences him to death. And they did say that her testimony and her going over and doing that like, was like, guy, like the icing on the cake. The fucking deal right there. Yeah, they and were like, he did it. It said that she was like... Like looking at him with this look in her eyes, intense, like, yeah. like intense look, like staring at him. It's yeah. like it's that fucking guy right there. Like yeah. he did it. I remember. Everything. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Now, one theory of why 
Beck was so violent was this XYY syndrome that got brought up, uh, which is where he has an extra Y chromosome. Uh, some believe that this was the reason, uh, but many others refuted it as bad science. Um, I don't know. Uh, due to the courts uh, finding the death penalty unconstitutional, his death sentence was changed to life, and he was given 1,200 years, Chris, uh, but was denied I mean, parole every time. I think, he'd, I think he'd be all right. 1,200 years ain't yeah, that long. it's not dude. that bad. I mean... Every Shit. parole <laughs> hearing, it said, lasted less than seven minutes. Yeah, I'm sure he walked in. Yeah, he's sitting okay. at the table, looks at Speck, and they're like, they weren't even talking about his case. I'd be like, so what are we getting for lunch <laughs> after we're done with this? Oh. Yeah, Richard, you could go. We denied uh, you. See yeah, ya. Okay, cool. Hey, Richard, see you later. Have fun in your fucking cell. Oh, and he did have fun in his cell. Holy shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he spent uh, his time at Stateville in Joliet. Uh, Illinois. Uh, one interview with the guard that I saw mentioned that Speck was good at painting and asked to paint his own cell. And once they saw how well he did, the guards let him paint and eventually he was like a maintenance worker with access to move around a lot more than the other inmates. So Yeah, he did move around with a lot of inmates. Yeah, <laughs> and this Chris is when things get a little crazy with a little little Richard Speck. <laughs> like, uh... He was a weird person in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was his survival, man. I guess. <laughs> now, he was a model inmate and had the nickname of Birdman because of two sparrows he kept in his cell, just like the infamous Birdman of Alcatraz. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, at some point, he did something. The prison stopped letting him keep the birds. According to a guard, they he threw one of the birds away. into a spinning fan blade. And when he was asked it. why, Chris, he said, what? Oh, uh, shit. I don't know. If, if I, I can't, can't have them, nobody can. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so they show uh, something like that on Mindhunter during the FBI interview, which is not how it went down. But it does make for good TV, and that's just kind of the way that is. No, I'm trying to think of this, like, the sparrows. Did he catch them outside when he was in the yard? I don't know. He, I don't know if they did, just got in his cell and he kept them in there. I'm like, not sure. It. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Shawshank Redemption had the fucking bird with him all the time. Remember? True. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird how these motherfuckers get birds all the time. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know Shawshank was like fictional, but still like. Right. Huh. Yeah. It does <laughs> seem odd. Um, in the 1988 video, um, uh, in his cell um, that Ugh. got a lot of people upset. It ended up in the hands of Bill Curtis, who, of course, we know as a journalist, right. who put together a special in 1996. And the video sure shows uh, sh a Speck shirtless. There's enough S's in there. Um, <laughs> shows Speck shirtless uh, with breasts from an obvious hormone therapy and, and some silk women's pain. underwear. God damn. Man. Pretty rough, man. The hormones uh, were smuggled into the prison. Uh, talks about how he's now called the Queen Bee and very popular, right. apparently, on the cell block. I'm sure he was with the big titties and all. I mean, I I'm mean sure he's making everybody him. happy, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's fucking, he's, he's living the life, sucking dick, doing cocaine. 
got yeah. his titties getting played with. He's having fun, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he looks like he's having a good time. And on camera, he said, if they knew how much fun I was having, they'd let me out of here, uh, which I thought was funny. Yeah, uh, that is. It's funny, up. but it's not. It's fucked up, you know. No, yeah, it, and the fact that when he they were like the other inmates that he was there doing these drugs and shits with. Asked him, like, how'd you feel after you killed them, girl? And he's like, oh, the same way as I felt before. It didn't matter. Like, he, had, he didn't have any remorse for it. No, at, not at all. all. Fucking, no. that, that's not good. No. So, got people upset about how something like that could happen in prison. Um, you know, snorting coke, doing the sex stuff, you know, showing off big old titties. Uh, I remember that being on TV and a lot of people talking about it. I was back in Illinois by then. So. Right, yeah. And it's just weird. Pretty that fucked that, up. It's crazy that that happened in prison like that, like an actual camera, like video camera recording, not like right, not like surveillance cameras. Like This is like home video footage, basically, in the prison. Yes. And they just got this big old tray of cocaine just blasting off. And oh, like, yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely crazy. Got a lot of people upset that that kind of stuff would go on in prison. Um, you know, um, Speck dies of a heart attack in his cell on the eve of his 50th birthday. Uh, his brain was analyzed after his death, and they did find some brain damage. Um, but doctors felt his issues stem more from the abuse he endured as a kid and the alcohol abuse starting at age 12. Uh, his sister had him cremated and scattered the ashes in an undisclosed location in the Joliet area. So, Oh, that's why there's so much murder up north. I guess. Specs ashes just flew through the <laughs> Flying sky. Around. There have been quite a few things done on Spec, including the popular Netflix series I mentioned, Mindhunter. Um, his story has also been used on American Horror Stories. CSI, Law and Order, Chicago PD, and many, many others. Uh, there was a 2007 movie called Chicago Massacre, uh, Richard Speck, uh, that got lukewarm reviews. I watched one that made it look like a paranormal show, and it was really bad. I don't remember yeah. the name of it, but it was well, stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, trying to make it look paranormal, I don't want nothing to do with it. Cause, no, yeah. it's just really hokey and stupid. Uh, it's from the 70s, so the quality is just, you know, it's terrible. Um, there were several bands uh, that wrote songs about him, like Macabre, Church of Misery, and even Cheap Trick. So, nice. you know, there were a lot of different bands on there. Um, now, the research that I did, um, you know, for this one was watching some documentaries on YouTube, uh, plus the book uh, Sons of Cain by Dr. Peter Vronsky and The Crime of the Century by Dennis Brio and William Martin. Um, I did also listen to a couple of really good podcasts. Yeah, I listened to some podcasts. Um, there was Watch one this. on there called Those Conspiracy Guys from Ireland that was really, really? good. I didn't see uh, that Those one. guys are pretty funny. Um, there's that. three of them, I think, and they're just kind of goofing around. And they're Irish. And they're Irish, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they got cool accents. Um, there's definitely a lot of stuff out there on spec if you want to dig for it. Um, he's not one of the big known ones, but he's definitely known here in Illinois. Um, so be careful, uh, though, because you can't unsee the titties in prison. No, dude. you can't. That's something, dude, like. Yeah. 
it's there. Like, he, he spills cocaine on that dude's leg and licks it off of dude's leg, dude. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. So it's some rough shit. So <laughs> anything else, Chris, you want to add to this case that we didn't talk about or anything about it? Not that I could think of we didn't talk about. It. The only thing I kind of want to add is, like, why do these people fucking exist, man? Like, why? I don't know, why? man. It's crazy. If there was a God, he was he's an asshole. <laughs> like, why would you just let everybody obliterate him off the planet? Fuck, dude. Now, next time we're going to be featuring, you talk about brutal and fucked up, Joseph, Joseph Callinger. Callinger, dude. Oh, my God. The oh, shoemaker yeah. who thought God was telling him to kill everyone on the planet. He took his kids to do it with him. Including shit. himself. <laughs> and eventually, fuck. he would become the God. Oh, my God. It's dude. absolutely insane. Yeah, him and his son getting on a bus. Just getting off at a random stop and just saying, fuck it, and go kill a go bunch of people, people in their house. Fuck it. Yeah. That's fucking fun. Definitely disturbing. It's definitely a crazy story. And you know we're going to do it up right here on Murder Metal Mayhem. So definitely don't miss next week, episode 85. Uh, well, I hear that intro music. You know it's got to be our buddy CK ready to spew some metal, metal knowledge all the way from Wildman Street. Yes, sir. Let's get our fucking metal on. Hell yeah. Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal, hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Comics! Alright, got the great metal motherfucker on here with us, Chris. Got C.K. What up, C.K.? What's going on, brothers? Fuck, you know the same Tuesday shit we always do, homie. We've been down in the trenches with Richard Speck, though. I feel fucking, I gotta go take a shower or something. (laughs) Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Gotta make an amendment to that um, intro. What's that? I'm I'm only 203 now. Oh, Oh, damn. Trimming down a little bit. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, not on purpose. I was down to 177, so. Oh, Oh, damn. Right yeah, on. I know you've been I, on I a gained, roller coaster, I, dude, with that shit. Yeah, I gained some back, but I'm not up to two back, not back up to two twenty as of yet. Nah, that's all good, man. It's all that's good. just fighting weight. There, yeah, that's so. just fight weight. So, <laughs> that's how you go out and kill so not, motherfuckers. Not, yeah, <laughs> not, not um, hasn't been a good week. Um, couple weeks with drummers. Um, yeah, no, what the fuck? All. I noted the you know the, the one I heard about today, so I thought at some point. Whenever you want to, we can talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that after the um, your segment. After, after we talk about Rush. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, dude. All right. Um, obviously, I'm doing Rush this week. Um, Rush, not really a metal band, but a hard rock. Hard rock, and they have metal. I mean, they've influenced metal bands. They've influenced drummers. They influenced musicians. Not only in metal, but in rock, probably any genre. They probably influence somebody. Right. Um, 
they started in 68 with um, Alex Lifeson forming a band with um, original drummer John Rutsey and a dude by the name of, let me find it real quick, Jeff Jones. Um, Jeff Jones was the bassist and, and vocals at the time. He eventually left. Um, funny thing is, people probably know him um, through another band, um, a band called Red Rider. I don't know if if you have a if your town has a home of rock and roll. I'm sure you've heard the Red Rider tune, Lunatic Fringe. Oh I, yeah, heard I've heard the, the song. Yeah. He play he plays bass on that. Oh okay. And also um, the lead singer from that band, Tom Cochran. He had a solo hit in the '90s, um, "Life Is a Highway." Oh yeah. He also played on that. Okay. Wait, hold on. So, that song, um, like "Life Is a Highway," like that you song. You got it. Holy <laughs> shit! That song. <laughs> that song. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> um, he was replaced by Getty Lee. Um, and it continued as a three-piece. Um, 1974, 1973, they um, recorded their first album, the self-titled Rush album, on their own label, Moon Records. They weren't really able to get any um, interest from the major, so they just re they released it on their own. Um, and that had the heat. At that time, it was it was a it was a hit for them. They had they had to tune on um, Working Man. Oh yeah, of that course. Was on the album, you know. But the album overall was, was was kind of a like a Led Zeppelin esque album, bluesy album. Um, they weren't doing what what they did later on. They were there was no progressive roots at all on that album. Um, eventually, John Rutsey left. He was not happy touring. Plus, he had really bad diabetes, so he left the band. Um, he actually went on to become an amateur bodybuilder. Nice. Um, and uh, he passed away in 2008 from a heart attack um, due to complications from... Um, Steroids? Diabetes. Oh. Diabetes. But the band auditioned drummers and eventually came upon would be the legendary Neil Peart. And this is 1974. So from 1974 until... They called it quits, and which was really 2018. That's what 44 years together. Jesus with Christ, the same band. that's, that's a long fucking time, man. Yeah, sticking together you know, like fucking true fucking brotherhood. Yeah, big time. You know, and 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 they were and they were brothers because they there would never be. They basically said there wouldn't be a rush with anybody else but those three. Right. Right. Um. Per, well, not only took over the drum stool, but he also took over being a lyricist. Yeah. So from every album, from Fly By Night to, to Clockwork of Angels, he wrote every single lyric that, that Rush ever recorded. Really? Mm -hmm. I did not yep. know that. So uh, he was, yeah, he was, um, he wrote every single lyric. Um, Getty Lee wrote the lyrics on the first album, but after that, it was all... Neil Pert. Like even the iconic wall was all Pert. No, you're the thinking wall? of the wall. That's deep. Oh, that's that, Pink that, Floyd. That, that, that's Pink I'm Floyd. I'm fucking stupid, dude. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> God oh damn it, I'm fucking dumb. 
<laughs> I'm looking at you like, what? Yeah, Pete's over here looking at me like, is this guy fucking for real right now? <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you. <laughs> um, the first album that pure, um, recorded was Fly By Night. And it was kind of a continuation of the first album, but did have um, kind of the hit. The Fly By Night was kind of a hit. And it also showed the um, beginnings of, of the progressive roots. They recorded By Torn a Snow Dog. It was the last song on the album. It was like an eight-minute epic. And it kind of showed where they were heading at the time. Um, they quickly followed that up after touring with... Um, crap. Chemo Brain. Chemo Brain. It wasn't Oz, was it? No. Um, Caress of Steel. <laughs> and again, it was, it was more of a, a straight-ahead album. It did have two songs. Um, the Necromancer, which is, which is a 12-minute track, and um, The Fountain of Lament, which is, which is another... Um, track which is extended so it did show their their where they were going at this time um obviously in a progressive format progressive um music they're they're trying to go into um unfortunately that album was not received well by the um critics and um they were starting to lose a little bit of, of whatever momentum they had. And uh, actually, when they toured for that album, they were touring in smaller places than they had previously during Fly By Night. And they called it Going Down the Tubes Tour. <laughs> so Rush always has had like a humorous um, thing to him. And that just proves right there, you know, that that they took humor, even though they weren't, performing in big venues to call the tour the down in the tubes tour um right kind of funny that is kind of funny um now after that the label they were signed to Mer mercury records eventually um after the first album mercury was trying to get him to go into more commercial avenue should we say and Rush pretty much said, you know, fuck that, we're not doing it. And um, they recorded the epic album, 2112. Amazing. Which, um, you know, which, which was either a make or break album for them in reality. Um, and a lot of that album, it was, the first side was actually, the song 2112 was 20-minute epic broken into seven different parts and um and it's based on on um writings by Ann Rand so he actually gave credit to Ann Rand on a lot of this because if not he was afraid he was going to get sued I mean um, that would make sense yeah. yeah she's the author of the Fountainhead and uh, Atlas Shrugged so he I heard right. he was very libertarian um uh, because she's definitely a libertarian author uh, so I could see where he would have been influenced by her. I think that's interesting. Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, it was the first foray into a sidelong thing 
where it told the story was a concept. Um, and I remember when I when I was got that came out in '76. So I was eight years old. I remember going coming home and and trying to learn that one side of Rush on my drums and probably drove oh, my mom Jesus. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, I bet you that was like the simplest <laughs> drum line you ever tried to play to. <laughs> I mean, it took me a while, but but I, I finally got it, and I, I could almost play it line for line. There was a couple of ghost notes I was never able to get, but... Hey, fuck, uh, you're playing Neil Peart fucking drums. You're fucking doing all right, bro. You know? <laughs> uh, this, the second side of that was made up of... Um, just um, songs. Uh, the biggest song being the passage to Bangkok. I'm sure everybody's heard that song at some point. Oh yeah. Um, and they asked. They asked all the guys. You know, why'd you put so much into this album? They they honestly thought that they weren't going to be a band after this. Because hmm. they honestly thought this was going to be the last album they ever recorded. They were going to be dropped. They weren't going to be a band. And um, surprisingly. Um, kind of started the rise in, into um, where they became huge. You know, um, it went they the quickly, uh, they, yep. um, record, they recorded a live album, All the World's a Stage, for this tour. Um, the first live album out of five or six. I can't even remember how many live albums they've, they've recorded over the years. But um, I believe it was in 78, they... Um, or 77, they recorded a Farewell to Kings. Where, um, not now, they there wasn't, there wasn't a side for Farewell, they didn't record a side long thing like 2112, but they did, um, have a couple of epic songs. Xanadu, which was on side two, is like is a 12 minute epic, um, like the movie Xanadu. No, it was way before that. Way before that. No. Not not the Olivia Newton John. Yeah, no. I was gonna say Olivia Newton John. No, 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 no. Um The biggest song in that is closer to the heart. Obviously. Right. Right, right. Trailer Pretty much Park everybody Boys. knows that everybody, song. Yeah, everybody knows closer to the heart, dude. You know, um and they also started Another um, ten minute story, which was continued on the next album, um, Cygnus X One. Uh, this had this was book one, which was on Farewell to Kings. The next album, seventy eight, they released Hemispheres. Now it's the first side of Hemispheres. Was book two of that Cygnus X One. Yes, so another side long concept that um, Neil Peart came up with as far as lyrics and another killer album. Um, no, again, the first side was was the side long epic. Second side was just a collection of songs. Um, two big songs was Hemis was um, a tune called Circumstances and a tune called Trees, which they, um, which if you listen to the radio, they still play all the time. And um, Trees they've they've recorded or they played live on on different tours. So you know. They just kept on getting bigger, and um, after that, that was seventy and eighty. They kind of changed gears a little, and if you notice with Rush, um, their 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 career kind of went into segments. Like the first three albums were were albums that were kind of blues based, 
song-based collection of songs, you know, a little progressiveness here and there. Um, 2112, Pharaoh to King, Hemispheres, the next three batch of albums were definitely progressive albums. And um, in 80, you saw them kind of go back to, there was so, still a little bit of progressive elements to their, to their music, but they were going to more concise songs. Granted, there were six, seven-minute songs, but there was no other. I don't think after Hemispheres, there, was, there wasn't any album where there was a side just dedicated to one concept anymore. Right. Um, they went to a collection of songs, and, and Permanent Waves released in the 80s, like, probably like one of my favorite Rush albums. Um, it just had, to me, it, it was the most consistent album that they ever put out. Um, yeah, like that permanent ways, like some of the stuff I saw I said I had like reggae and shit influences well, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, um, Spear of the Radio at the end, they threw in a reggae thing. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, but um, just the album, the album to me is, is their most consistent album, even though it's a collection of songs. Um, it's got Spirit of Radio, Free Will, um, Jacob's Ladder, um, Entry Nels, um, Different Strings, and does have it does have a nine minute song, Natural Science, at the end. Right but um, it was just a killer album. And of course, 1981 was the year that they broke because um, Moving Pictures came out. Yeah, that was Monster. Yeah, that's, that, that's what had Tom Sawyer and shit. Yeah, right? yeah. That the, the whole first side is like it's like a classic. Yeah. Radio friggin'. It's amazing. Lo- lovers, lovers dream. I mean, Christ, you got Tom Sawyer, Red Barchetta, the instrumental YYZ, which they played live forever. Oh. And um, Limelight. Though just the first four songs on that fucking album are, are just killer. And that was the first time I ever saw Rush. And it was the first concert I ever went to that was a real rock concert. Nice. So, um, you know, that, that, that just broke him huge. And they were more guitar-oriented, too, at that time. Um... You saw him kind of after after moving pictures going towards. Getty Lee started using the the synth a little bit more, the synthesizer. Eighty two, they recorded Signals, which, um, if I had to choose one of my favorite all time songs by Rush, has it probably has my favorite all time song by Rush, Subdivisions. I think that song is just it's one of my favorite songs, and the lyrics are just awesome on it, and I think the lyrics relate to like every metalhead that that that's out there you know oh yeah i I like that song too just a lyric be cool or be cast out you know right that that pretty much summed up to me every metalhead in high school you know if you weren't cool you were considered a cast out uh from every group yeah not just the metalheads every group no but but no you're 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 basically on your own island. Yeah. And you saw him use a little bit more of a sense to the songs. Again, um, there's a meme out there with Getty Lee, and it says, um, "So you play guitar and sing." And shows him with his with his 
with his bass, a huge um, synthesizer with bass pedals, and it says, bitch, please. Right, right. <laughs> you know? I seen, I seen, he's a, dude. I like right after Neil Pert passed, I seen a meme with freaking, uh, what's his name? Kanye talking about, I'll make my own yeah, beats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goes, <laughs> yeah, Neil Pert like, bitch. Yeah, Neil please. Pert like, bitch, please. Come on. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, um, the next couple of, like I said, if, if you, if you look at their albums, each album, each part of the career, consisted of like clusters and this cluster i consider you know more of their synth influence sound it's still heavy still great albums um a little more electronic for the most part yeah you know just just showing that that they weren't going to be left behind on the times right right you know that that, that they could you know progress like any other other any other band but keep still keep their identity right and um i think the album after that was grace under pressure um in 83 84 yeah 84 84 i'm sorry 84 grace under pressure and again you know another great album um distant early warning red sector a all all songs that got got good reception by the fans played them live all the time um you know then the next album i think was 2000 or 85 or 86 um and and it, that's another thing it, they they released albums pretty much either every year or every other year so they're one of the one of those prolific bands in the, in, in the last 40 years and as bad as all mean, their music was putting it out like as fast as they were and it wasn't like it was total bullshit albums coming out either right it was it wasn't it wasn't albums full of no one or two good songs of filler right you know all their albums were um to me were were no i mean you had one maybe one song that you're like eh, i could do without yeah, but, but um, yeah, that 85, happens. 80, yeah, and that, and that's just you no know, part of it. Eighty-five power windows. Again, another album with um, you know, big money. Is that like when they Man, started? Is that like when they started putting power windows in the cars and shit too? It was like eighty-five <laughs> or what? <laughs> <My bad. laughs> I mean, I don't know. They're just cruising around. And I'm like, shit, we gotta crank this shit down no more, bro. Let's write a song about it, <laughs> Let's brother. Let's write a song about it. Fuck yeah, bro. Power Fuck yeah. windows. <laughs> who knows? Neil Perp probably did get get could have got the idea from that. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. You know, and then um. They put out their first bomb, and probably their only bomb that they ever put out. Hold your fire! Oh God, that was so bad. Um, that was '87, and it had fucking song "Time Stand Still," which I can't stand. Yeah. And it's got know. that chick from um, "Till Tuesday," oh, Amy Mann, I think. Okay. Not even sure who that Doing is. Doing background vocals on that, and um. I don't think I've ever I've I've got I got like three different versions of the album because of course I got every version of of, of course, Rush, uh, but I don't think I've um I don't remember the last time I listened to that album 
tell you the truth. I, I can't get through it. It's just, it's a big disappointment to me. And, you know, I thought they were done. At that time, I either their, their, their contract with Mercury was done, or I don't think they got dropped. I just think the contract was done. They signed with Atlantic Records. 89, thank God they redeemed themselves with Presto. Um, they got away from the um, synth sound, um, electronic sound, and was more guitar-driven, back to the more guitar-driven songs. And again, you know, it was just a collection. Every album after this was just a collection of songs. Right. Um, Presto, you know, I saw him on that tour. Huge album, probably... My top one, my top three favorite albums by them. Um, Ninety one, they kept it up with with the same same thing with Roll the Bones. Counterparts in ninety three, uh, another great album. That's probably one to me one of the more heavier albums was Counterparts. Well, that's just crazy though. They just keep coming out with it like every, yeah, they like just insane. every year, every other year, just like keep coming out with it. You know, relentless. Ninety one, ninety three, ninety six. Three great albums. Um, unfortunately, 96 was a little hiatus, which nobody really knew about. You just knew that Rush wasn't doing anything. And the reason was um, 97, Neil, per, um, Neil Pert's only daughter was killed in a car accident. Right. That sucks. And at the funeral, he even told um, the members at the funeral, he goes, just consider me retired. I'm done. Um, it fucked him up. Is that when he went on that bike work. ride? He went on a motorcycle ride. Well, he did a couple. What what brought that on was a year later in '98, his wife died from cancer. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you just lost um, your fucking family, dude. Like, yeah, you're you know, not gonna so, want to so feel like you're doing shit. He had nothing after that. You know, that was his family. Right. So, like Pete said, he did. He he went on a. Uh, bike ride for a couple years in North America, 55,000 miles on a BMW motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Um, ju just clearing his head. Um, and he did write a book about that. Um, and he wrote he wrote seven or eight books, um, nonfiction and fiction books. I think it was like huh. nine or ten altogether. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so basically from 96... To 2002, there was nothing from Rush. Um, eventually, Neil Peart got remarried in 2001, 2000, 2000, 2001. He met somebody who was remarried and told the band, he goes, I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back to work. Um, 2002, they put out Vapor Trails. Um, five years later, they put out Snakes and Arrows. Um, and I saw them on a Vapor Trails tour and Test for Echo, I believe I saw them on, and Roll the Bones and Presto. Um, so I saw them quite a few times, and every time they were just fucking killer live banders. Oh, I could only imagine. Bands that the, nobody could compare it to. I mean, they were tight as a three-piece. God damn. Yeah, I could only imagine. Yeah, they're ridiculous, man. Like, I've seen the pictures you know, of just Pert's drum kit in general. I'm looking at that like, you know, how the 
<laughs> fuck do you play that, bro? And, right. And Neil Peart, every every year, every every tour, different drum solo, and he's, you know, it's like age, like looked like it never caught up to him. He's just got better and better, you know. And I say that Mike Portnoy is, is probably my favorite drummer, but you know, it's Mike Portnoy and Neil Peart are, are probably my two biggest influences. Definitely Neil Peart, no doubt. At that time, to me, there was nobody in hard rock that that played like him. No. Um, you know, the last album that they recorded was in 2012, Clockwork Angels. Um, 2014, they went on their 40th anniversary tour. Um, and they toured, I think it was 2016 they toured. Um, or 2015. Well, after, after, no, after 2014 tour, um, that was considered the last big tour. And in 2015, Pert made a remark basically saying that he was retiring. And at that time, I don't think anybody knew. I think that's when, when he found out that um, he might have had brain cancer. They said they said he had it for three and a half years when he died, and that was obviously a couple of weeks ago, so that right, would put yeah, it out. Right. What, 2016? Right. That he might have found out. But um, he said in 2015 he was retiring. Um, obviously, nobody knew that this guy, you know, had geoblastoma, which is basically a death sentence if nobody knows as far as brain cancer. Um, it grows quickly, spreads quickly. Um, just the fact that Neil Peart lasted three and a half years with it. And there's no you know, stopping it. a testament, it. you know, that, that he beat the odds by... They say, they say you, if you last 12 months, you're lucky. Yeah, that's fucking you know, crazy. Yeah, that's awful. He, he's... You know, he was actually able to um, survive three years. Obviously, Neil died at the age of 67 um, after a three-and-a-half-year battle in 2020. Um, I was heartbroken over it. Um, you know, one of my idols passes away. You know, and you don't know these people, and you know, but you grew up with them. Right, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, so, you know, so it's definitely like a part of you gets gets ripped out. Yeah. Um, you know. But, um, you know, there was rumors that supposedly before he died, he couldn't speak. He was in a wheelchair. Those were all said to be bullshit rumors that he was able to talk um, until he passed away. You know, and the sad thing is him and his wife had a just had a baby a couple years ago so he's yeah. got like a he had like a three-year-old so wow man dude 67 years old still getting it on hell yeah props to him yeah. though props to him though bro hell yeah. <laughs> um obviously you know rush is done there would be another no no rush without um neil per even though there was rumors before neil died that Rush is going to play some shows with Mike Portnoy. Mike Portnoy said, no, that's total bullshit. He goes, I can't. He goes, there's no way I'd, I'd be able to even sit in. And this is before Neil died. And Mike Portnoy was one of the few people who outside his circle that knew that um, Neil was sick. 
He goes, there's no way I would ever sit in for Neil Pert. Um, you know, no, Rush that, is Rush, and those three, three, those three guys were Rush. That's Nobody it. else will be Rush. Exactly. Um, you know, and and this band probably influenced God tons of people. Oh, I'm, tons of bass players, tons, tons of, of guitarists, oh, tons yeah. of drummers, in all genres, like you said, in all genres. Right. It, it, it just wasn't metal, hard rock, you know. And again, you know, oh, Rush was considered a, a musician's band. And the joke is, you know, if if you find a female who likes them, that's probably one of the 200 females that actually like the band Rush. <laughs> my my friend Tina, it's like her literal favorite band, dude. Wow. Well, seriously, my friend Tina, it's seriously her favorite fucking band. She's one of the 200. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I know my your wife, wife my, can't stand them. My man. wife is not one of them. Oh God! If we're if we're in a car and a Rush song even comes on, click, click. Yeah, like, bitch, I'm listening like to that. I'm like, are you kidding? It's fucking Rush. She's like, I don't give a shit. It's my car. Like, fuck. It's my ears. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely a good call, uh, CK, to do Rush and talk about uh, Neil Pert. Just such an iconic drummer and so influential on so many. Pretty uh, you know, sad stuff. And, and and it's hard it's hard to like you know do a segment like this with a band that that's that influential um and 40 year career to sum it up in about 20 minutes right yeah, it, it doesn't you know, really oh, do yeah. it all the justice because there's a lot going on yeah, yeah and if, if if you've never heard rush if you if you if you've been under a rock hope, yeah if you've been under rock never heard rush definitely check them out uh-huh but um, yeah, that's um, my take on Rush. Um, rest awesome. in peace, Neil Peart, one of the greats. Definitely, definitely. Now you've got a lost uh, classic for us this time, CK. What did you dig up from the past? Holy Terror, um, a band out of California, a thrash band. Um, former members of Agent Steel. Okay. Um, I, um, went on to form um, this band. Their first album, um, Terror and Submission, classic. Um, it is available as a box set with their other three albums plus a live album. Um, it's on Amazon. I think it's like 20 bucks. Oh, wow. For like f four CDs and a DVD. Hmm. All right. So you basically get everything these guys ever did. And um, and then in, in, in a little box set and... Um, Definitely check them out. They're definitely one of the few underrated thrash bands that came out of California um, during the 80s. Interesting. I'll Interesting. Now, you were out. talking about some other drummers that have passed, CK, and we had uh, yeah. we had uh, two drummers, which uh, I know you're going to want to talk about, but there was one other uh, guy uh, that passed that was very influential and very well known in the grindcore a, a circuit. Friend, a friend, dude, big time, Ryan and Ward, a friend uh, of of yours, Chris. I only met him once, but uh, Ryan Ward of the band Cunt Torch. Yeah, I, hung, I mean, we weren't like super close. We hung out quite a few times at different shows or whatever. But great friend, friend of our homeboy, fucking Goremonger, like right. And he was at all kinds of shows. Just a great fucking guy. Unfortunately, he passed uh, this past week. Or this past week, and uh, right, it, it sucks to see that happen. There's been a lot of people out on social media that all over in the grind scene 
that are saddened by it. So, yeah. so it's big shout out to my homeboy Ryan Ward of Cunt Torch. Yeah. Fucking not good things, man. No, not at all. Also, um Yeah, who was the other two, CK? Also also well, also before that, um Joe Payne, former bassist for um Divine Heresy and um Nile yes. also passed away. Yes, he that's did. right, that's right. Yes, he did. Um but um Friday we got hit again. Um Sean Reinhardt, former drummer for Cynic. And Death. Um played with Death. Um, was found unresponsive by his husband. Um, no cause of death. They're saying it wasn't no foul play. They're saying it wasn't drug related. The, the guy didn't do drugs. Um, he just had a physical couple weeks ago, and he was supposedly in good health. So wow, he's only forty eight too. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, forty eight, and and you know, and another another great drummer. And if if you never heard never heard this guy play. Check him out on um, Death Human. Right, Human's and, um, a great album. We've had this death discussion. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, we talked about this many times. And um, Cynic, you put out three albums with them as as the founding member. Um, guy was incredible. And last night we just found out Reed Mullen from Coc. Uh, at 53 passed away yeah that sucks woke up to that this morning yeah that's fucked now, you know um, 2020 Reed had uh, 2020 had issues as far as as drug issues and alcohol issues even though nothing was said as as how he died right um but he actually had issues to the point where um he wasn't playing at, at times with COC and they actually replaced him um but um Another loss. You know, it sucks. Right? Yeah, we've had, you know, a, start, we had a string start, of them, man. Yeah, 2020 you know, can fuck off. And show, you know, you, know you, you, you see classic rock bands lose members, but, you know, now it's getting to the point where it's people we grew up listening to. Right, right. Um, and, and again, like I said before, you know, it's, it's showing our own mortality, and it's kind of fucking scary shit. It True is, story, dude. man. True it story. is. You know. It is. Now I'll tell you what's what's not scary is joining the six 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 club. No, because we've been talking about you know CK if they were members, be fucking mandatory of the six 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 club. They would have already heard the low twelve episode. Yep, yeah. they would have already I heard already it, it. But they instead yep. choose to not join, and they're going to have to wait until February twentieth. But they can for three bucks, three dollars for God's sakes. Go to patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem. Three bucks a month. Get you all that no, bonus I'm, content, I'm rich. VIP content. Yeah, CK. I mean, you're not rich. I'm not, I'm not rich, rich but, either. But, I but have three that, bucks. I, I, I have that in my car, my change drawer in my car. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So remember, you can hear all the stuff first. So go to join our six 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 club. There'll be a link in the episode description. So, any other uh, metal news from either of you two before we move on here? I'm just going to keep mentioning freaking uh, Heart of Illinois coming up in Forest on... Uh, Joey Cashman's yeah, show, Joey Heart Cash of Illinois. Coming up in uh, March... Uh, no, I think it's May. May. Or Sorry, yeah, May. It's, I knew it was one of them M months. Yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, May... Uh, <laughs> March, uh, May. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll that, have man. Joey in here in a, in a few oh, weeks, so he, we'll be talking about be that with him. About for sure. So, uh, very good. Well, CK, you're going to stick around into Mayhem because you got some stories to tell, I heard. Yeah, I got a couple little stories to nice, tell. Nice, <laughs> nice. Should be good. So, uh, what do you guys think we need to do, man? What do we need to do, CK? 
Let's get our mayhem Let's get on. Get our fucking mayhem on, motherfuckers. Good morning. Thanks for calling the Spec School of Nursing. How can I slice you today? I'm thinking about enrolling my daughter in your nursing program. Did you say, how can I slice you today? Yes, that's our slogan. Well, that's a bit odd. I'm curious, though. Are you guys related to Richard Speck, you know, the, the guy who raped and murdered those eight nurses in Chicago? Of course. He's the founder of our school. We have a statue of him in our lobby, sir. What? You have a statue of Richard Speck in your fucking lobby? Why would you immortalize someone who took the lives of those innocent women like that? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Would you like me to send you our brochure with our fall class list? Well, All right, brand new commercial for you there, Speck School of Nursing. Yeah, my, my uh, cousin just got a nursing <laughs> school. Like She's like a registered nurse and shit. Yeah. She didn't go to that school. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a very good thing. And, of course, we're in mayhem now. We got CK still here. Yes, with still us. here. What's going on, CK? Said you got some stories you want to tell us. Yeah, I heard I you got, got some got, stories to tell. I got, I got a couple to discuss you you guys and some listeners all right i hope they have poop involved yes they do nice (laughs) (laughs) score all right right. the the both these go back to 2005 all right oh wow at the time i i was working i wasn't a manager where i work at now um like for three weeks I, i was like working like mass overtime like 12 hour days so I was getting ready to go. Actually, me and Laura were getting ready to go on our first vacation together. Um, and it came to the Friday before we go on vacation. And um, I worked so much overtime, I was able to get out early that day. So I'm getting Wait, ready hold to on. leave work. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Did you work so much overtime they allowed you to leave early one day? Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I had basically I was told... I could work as much overtime as I wanted within this time. Right, I was right. one of the few, few um, employees who was able to do that. And I just went to my boss. I said, "I'm going on vacation. I'm fucking leaving, bro. You know, Saturday. Can I? Can I like leave at like one or two? He goes, "Yeah, I don't give a shit. Go ahead." Um, so I'm ready to ready to leave, and I'm like, kind of feel like I I might have to take a shit. <laughs> Okay. But but I want I wanted to get out. I wanted to go home because I because I had stuff to do before we left. So I'm like, you know, I can make it home. Oh God damn it! Never try to make it home. <laughs> Never ever ever try to make it home. Now now I'm, I, now I'm working 24 miles away, which is about even 45 minutes. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> damn. All right. So were you prairie dogging it? 
I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, that's going to be worse hold, than Prairie Dog, bro. <laughs> hold, hold, hold my beer. That's hold, say, hold my beer. Right, right. Uh, uh, now, on my way home, you, when, you, when you get to a certain point, you, there's two ways you could go. Or actually a couple different ways. You could go down what's called Route 7, which is where all the businesses are. But there's a little bit more traffic. Right. But there's businesses, so if you have to stop, there's a place to stop. There's somewhere you can dookie. <laughs> I decided to go the other way because I wanted to get home faster. All right. Uh, now, now the other way is back roads. Well, there's cornfields, right? There's no, no cornfields out woods. there. Uh, well, even the, whatever, the woods, whatever, all your <laughs> shit. <laughs> so basically, probably 18 miles to the ride is, is, is going through woods. All right. area. So I'm driving, and I get halfway home, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> My stomach's starting to churn. And um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if I could get to Bethel, which is right before Danbury's where me and Pete grew up. Right, right. I said, I, I, I could hit the Burger King and go take a dump there. And get a sandwich. <laughs> I didn't want a sandwich. I just wanted, I just wanted to get to the bathroom. <laughs> so... So I'm getting close to Bethel. I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I know. I said I definitely ain't going to make it home. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so, so I'm getting close to Burger King. I get to Burger King. I pull in the first space right, right across from the door. And I'm squeezing my cheeks together <laughs> running to the bathroom. <laughs> like, so, wait, wait, so like I, physically with your hands? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was married to shit myself. <laughs> so I, so I, I make sure nobody sees me going into the bathroom. I get in the stall. <laughs> I pull my pants down. As soon as I pull my pants down. All over the toilet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just breathe the toilet oh, like it, whatever. <laughs> there was more in the toilet than there was in the toilet. <laughs> On the floor. Oh my god. Dude. <laughs> I'm so glad you told that shit. Like, 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 I need to know the outcome. What happened? Did people walk in? <laughs> Nobody walked in. But oh. I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh I'm my like there's god. no fucking way I there's no way I could clean this up. <laughs> so, so I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, that was beyond like a couple of paper towels. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh so, my god. So I, I I finish what I have to do over the toilet. Over the toilet. I ain't sitting on Over that shit. So, <laughs> no, so I clean myself up, pull my pants up. Holy off. fuck, bro. I look out the door, make sure there's nobody out there. And I quickly go to my car. Oh my and, and I'm just thinking to myself, I feel sorry for the poor bastards. <laughs> right? For oh, real. Because you know... That, Somebody that, quit uh, over that. Yeah. Oh, Somebody yeah. was like, fuck like I ain't fucking doing that shit. Fuck this. Fuck CK you. went in there and shit again. <laughs> Oh my god, oh, dude. Damn. That's fucking that's good. That's a good one. Obviously, that was pre colostomy days. Yes. Obviously, yeah, yeah. That was a good one, though. <laughs> that's CK. fucking hilarious. So, At least you got so to do something so epic before the colostomy, bro. He's just like, oh, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right. And once it came out, I didn't give a shit. So I'm like, you know what? At least I didn't shit myself. Right. right. At least it ain't on my clothes. It's all over the Burger yeah, King exactly. shit. <laughs> so, again, 
<laughs> Another shit-related story. Yes. We're on vacation. <laughs> wait, with Laura? Yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah. Wait, and, wait, and wait, her wait, parents. wait, 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 wait. You just said the previous story. Oh, and her parents. The previous story was like right before going on vacation. So you left work. Correct. Is this the same vacation? This is the vacation. Yes. Oh Oh yeah! Fuck yeah! So so it's our first vacation going to South Carolina. We go to this um, place called T Bones, which isn't there anymore, which is awesome steak. So I'm like, I gotta take a shit. So I go to the bathroom. Right, and and just to preface this, I blew out my back um, a couple weeks before at work. Hovering over a toilet. Anyway. Hovering over the toilet. Yeah, I wish. Fucking shitting over the toilet. Pushing so hard, you blew a fucking so, vertebrae. So, so I so I go to take a shit, and this toilet is lower than any other toilet I've, I've ever been on. Uh, no, the uh, toilet that you shat on felt super low, bro. Yeah, probably fucking shit. It fucking just fell into the fucking floor. Oh my god, dude! So, so, so I so I so I take a shit. I finish taking a shit, and I'm like, I can't get up. <laughs> my back is so fucked up. I cannot get up. Oh, yeah. No matter what I did. I couldn't get up, and this is 2005, so I didn't care. I didn't have a phone where I carried it everywhere like you right. do now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what were well, you gonna dude, do? No, call, that's funny though. You call 911. I need no, help up the no, toilet. That's what I'm saying. That's what's funny. I ain't got a phone, so I can't call anybody. No, dude, we've been at work. Me and Michael, we've been at work someday. A couple. This has happened twice. I'm fucking a. Working, my phone's fucking getting a text message. I look at it, it's my brother in the shitter at work. There's no shit tickets in the goddamn bathroom. He's like, text me. It's like, Chris, bring me some motherfucking toilet paper, bro. Like, oh God. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have no clue what the fuck I'm gonna do because I can't get up. Oh my God. So it had to be like 10 minutes. <laughs> And Laura was starting, I guess Laura was starting to like, know, what the fuck? Something's wrong. Yeah, something's minutes. wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so she sends my, so my father-in-law in. Oh, sweet. Uh-uh. Like, Chris, you in here? I go, yup. He goes, you all right? I go, nope. Nope. Goes, What's up? I go, can't get up. <laughs> so my father-in-law had to come in the stall. Oh, my God. And help me. Get up, get up from the fucking bowl. <laughs> fucking dangling and everything. <laughs> oh, oh damn. God, dude. We still talk about this shit to this day. Oh, I, I would too. I mean, why would you not? It's fucking funny. <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, so that's my wow. two mayhem stories. That's fucking I'm outstanding, like, CK. I'm a huge fan of the fact they're both poop related. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. On the same vacation, yeah. too. That's fucking killer. Yeah, right before it and then during the vacation. No, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. You can't beat it. You can't. Fuck yeah. It's like a sore dick, man. Now, speaking, no, of, speaking of sore dicks, we got our new book out. You guys are published authors. I feel very uh, esteemed <laughs> to be in your presence here. The coffee table book that should be nowhere near a coffee table uh, arrived from the printer last week. CK, did you get your copies? Yes, yet? I got mine. I got my other three copies today. Awesome. I had to t- obviously I had the test one you gave me a couple weeks ago. Awesome. That is sitting. That is sitting on my coffee table. Nice. Yes, it is sitting on your coffee I, table. And what did you think of the of the finished product, man? Um, I just got it a little while ago. I wasn't able to um look at it yet. 
Awesome. But I'm sure from from the test, I'm sure it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it looks really the whole good. Thing, the whole thing is awesome. I mean, I'm going to use one copy to actually, you know. Color. color. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. did. I uh, tell you that my test copy, the first thing that ever got done in, in it was my 13 year old teeth. Yeah. yeah. All right. The I did teeth. tell you. All right. I yeah, can't remember if I told you that teeth. or not. <laughs> so the official the official release date is January 31st, 2020. Uh, but if you get your copy, or if you order your copy uh, now, we'll send them out. So go to our Facebook page or check the episode description for a link to score one for yourself. They're only ten bucks plus shipping, and uh, you get a couple of free Joe Matheny Cannibal stickers. Yes. Do you like those, CK? Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, they look really good. And- and for ten bucks, I think this is going to go quick. I think I think we're going to have to go to a second pressing. I think so too, because uh, they look really sharp. The people that have pre-ordered them, I've gotten a couple responses said it was fucking unbelievable, better than they thought it would be, and so definitely digging on it. So you don't ah, want to miss it. Get yourself a copy I think of they're it. They're fucking great. Yeah. Uh, maybe I have a biased opinion. Though, well, but. yeah, but I mean, it's got the <laughs> cou- it's got the couch fucker in it. I mean, come on now. Ricky Casso. Yep. I mean, yeah, Curly's. Quite the uh, quite the cast of characters in there. My grandfather with his arm in the pickle. I love that one. I, no, that, I can't wait a, to show dude, my parents Dathan did that. Fucking that's, awesome doing that drawing. Yeah, right there. Dathan did a Dathan great did job. Fucking excellent on like the depiction of that. Yeah. That. That's yeah. what I pictured when you were telling that story. Yeah, and I told him. I said, you know what? Go to uh, Google Junior Soprano. And that's pretty close to what my grandfather looked like, so that's what he used. <laughs> right, I, because Junior Soprano on the Sopranos definitely reminded me a lot of my grandfather. So, just the way he looked, I, I, not the way he acted. I mean, who has an activity right, right. book of their podcast? Right, nobody. Nobody does. Nobody does. And nobody has a contest to count how many pubic hairs you find in the food no. to win a prize. So, so no. that's definitely one. And in CK, uh, we mentioned. Uh, We've got a contest coming up uh, that's going to be called March Mayhem, kind of a takeoff of March Madness. And uh, I know I talked to you about this, and Chris and I met yep. earlier about the uh, 16 killers going at it, and then it'll end in a one final brutal match after four weeks. And uh, if you pick have, if you pick the killer that ends uh, as the winner, then you uh, may be a co-host on the show. So, Fuck yeah, dude! If you, if you if you pick the correct bracket, yep. Well, the, I'm going to simplify it because I thought about doing brackets, but that's going to get really complicated. So I've got some different ideas. I'll soundboard them off of YouTube, but I talked with Chris about it. I think a way to make it a little easier for people to do this because if I do the bracket, I think I'm going to have a lot of problems and people are going to misunderstand what I want and it's just going to be confusing so anyway we'll fill you guys in but it's going to be awesome it's our own takeoff of March Madness called March Mayhem and it's going to be all serial killers going at it all month long until one person is reigning supreme and hopefully one person listening to the show will get to be a co-host and Chris even extended the offer even further than I did yeah, and without said, permission. They're gonna they're <laughs> gonna get to pick the feature too. That well, I didn't uh, we say do. they could. I said possibly. <laughs> we'll probably give them a list of a yeah, few, yeah, exactly. and they could yeah, pick. Yeah, probably a list. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. 
because there's some that we got on our list that we definitely want to do. So we'll probably like, yeah, we'll give them give some it. of those and let them make the call. Um, so uh, tonight, though, guys, uh, we got a new match uh, in our Killer Cage match tonight. Uh, explaining the rules, of course, that we pick, uh, you know, 60 killers, 60 objects that they fight with in a steel cage, fighting to the death with a variable thrown in there for fun. And we get some listener uh, comments and listeners, uh, you know, wanting to get in on this shit. CK, uh, we got uh, a few listeners to thank this time for providing those random numbers. Who are they? Um, Samantha Reinhardt. <coughs> Ray McFalls and Steve O'Morningstar for the random numbers. Awesome. Just... Yeah, so thanks, guys, for giving us those numbers. And, Chris, we got a good matchup tonight. We talked about this earlier, but got, who do we got going at it, man? We got the little killer, uh, Jesse Pomeroy, yep. going up against that stupid fucking bitch that killed her own kids. <laughs> right. Drowning in the bad tub, Audrey Yates, and it's fucking dumb. She... she yeah, like, she's a dumbass. Yep. She's a piece of shit, drowns her kids in a bathtub. Um, the objects are going to be fighting with Chris. What do we got going on here? Oh, they're going to be having a two-by-four with nails sticking out of that motherfucker. Like, you just pound some fucking two-by-or nails into a two-by-four right. and just swing it at somebody. Right. And you got a pair of toenail clippers. Toenail clippers? That's not going to be of very <laughs> much use. And CK, we got a variable in there that's kind of interesting. What do we This get? is a good one. What is it? Bigfoot in drag. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bigfoot in drag. All right. So we got Jesse Pomeroy, the boy killer, going up against the crazy mother to drown her kids in the bathtub, Andrea Yates, fighting with a two-by-four with nails sticking out and toenail clippers, and we got Bigfoot in drag lurking about. What do we think, guys? What are, what, what are we thinking on this you one? Get, you get first step, CK. Yes, yeah, CK. Got? What do you got, buddy? I'll make this simple. I, this is gonna be like a like a thirty second match. Oh All right, damn! Cool. All right, listen to this. Okay. Pomeroy is gonna is gonna take the um the two by four with the nails and just beat the shit out of her. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah definitely that. Right. I'm, I'm then he's gonna take the nail clippers and poke her eyes out. Oh shit! So she's done. Violence, but 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 what happens next is gonna be is gonna be the killer. Yeah, Bigfoot's gonna fucking knock Pomeroy out, <laughs> take a shit on both of them, and that's it. <laughs> what is it with you shitting? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, CK on the shit stuff tonight. So, yep. so, so Pomeroy murders <laughs> Andrea. Digs yep. her eyeballs out for whatever yep, random right. reason. She's done. And then Bigfoot takes and then a dump Bigfoot, on him. Bigfoot just like. He's going to knock, him, knock the like shit out of him. Knock him out. Bigfoot in drag. And I'm going to shit him. on that corpse and that knocked wow. out body. I don't yep. know if I have any. I don't know, man. That. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm thinking that Bigfoot's going to get all. Into those toenail clippers, yeah, and be he's off got, in the corner clipping his the, nails. And that's kind of where I was at. <laughs> while it's going down, but I'm thinking, pa. I'm thinking Andrea Yates. If Andrea Yates is done. I don't give a fuck. You think oh, Pomeroy's? Yeah. You think Pomeroy's going to take Andrea Yates? Yeah, because so? she's fucking a weak ass. Yeah, bitch. I guess so. She, uh, yeah, mind you, Pomeroy did kill children, but he was a child himself at the same time. Yeah, true. Uh, 
and he actually put violence into it. She was just a weak ass bitch that took her own kids and right. held their head Drowning in the water. Them in a bath yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, so I'm gonna go with uh, Pomeroy. Pomeroy uh, kills Andrea. Don't give a fuck about her. All right. And I, then, I uh, agree I don't think with there's you. Any doubt about that? Okay. All right. Well, very good. And then I also think that. Uh, that I like my twist on it. No, I, I, I like really your like twist your twist on it. on it, especially the fucking zigging the eyes out for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, uh, and, and, and then the shit, like out of nowhere. <laughs> Whatever. CK wins tonight. Fuck. Yeah, we'll God give damn it to it. CK. <laughs> well, I think we've dealt our fair share of mayhem tonight, guys. So it's time to hit that outro. Yeah, Thanks for hanging around, CK. And you're going to stick around for one more in the outro with us. Fuck yeah. So, all right. Let's do it. Behold our Beware of the sharpened weapon called human being. I love that line. The great song, Death, Bite the Pain, and it's ironic, CK. I figured on doing that song before I knew that the uh, drummer had passed. So that's really, really crazy. Yeah, a little ironic there. Definitely, definitely. Well, good to have you on in the outro here, Uh, CK, sticking around to wrap the show up. We had a good one tonight, guys, I think. Yes, we did. Uh, A little Richard Speck, definitely a disgusting individual. Prison man conversation. (laughs) Prison man boobies. Uh, (laughs) Bumper music tonight by Rush, Church of Misery and Death. Of course, CK, your intro music is by who? Crisis. Nice. Murder Metal Mayhem intro music, Chris, by... No motherfucker. Fucking 12. <laughs> you got that shit right. So check out SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com for their incredible online catalog of silicone body parts, hands, feet, heads, dicks, and whatever else you desire. Tony is amazing. Uh, some Ed Gein, Gein shit. shit dude. Get that Ed Gein shit. The human lamp, dude, is this fucking... Everybody that walks in here just jaw-drops, like, man. Like, holy shit, that's even better in real life. Fuck yeah, the yeah, guy dude. from Serve Pro that came to the house today, yeah, he's yeah. like, can I see the studio? Because he knows about it. Right, right, right. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, So he comes out here and he walks in the door and he's like... Holy shit, that lamp looks so fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's the first bro. thing his eyes glued onto that lamp. Like, oh so. shit. Yeah, That's and then he saw the forearm and he's like, yeah. holy shit, you know, this is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, he was freaking out, out in here, man. It was yeah, pretty a, cool. Yeah, dude, the fact that you got dudes coming at your fucking house, fucking like, can I see it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like when Gabe started cutting the grass, right? same thing. Right? He's like, can I yeah, see the studio? Like saying it in a way. Like, yeah, fuck. You know I love showing this shit. Come on, yo. Right? Go get the fucking wife and kids. Come on over. Come on over. We got a fucking murder scene going on. Come on. But Spellbound <laughs> Effects and Art Spellbound is, is yeah, sucking amazing, out, man. man. SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Also, book your own ghost tour, seance, or the Jeffrey Dahmer Cannibal, Creep City Cannibal Tour, sorry, Bob, uh, at Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee, America's most haunted bar. 
hangmantours.com. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks to everybody listening out there. We really appreciate it. We continue to keep dominating. Um, and you guys are the are the reason why. So All we appreciate you people it. people out there listening and spreading it. You're the only reason that we do that. I mean, we do it because it's, we like to do it. But yeah. the, re- the fact that you people are out there wanting it. Right. It's a it huge, more incentive. Yeah. huge, huge factor. Yeah, it's very it, cool. It's very cool. CK, why don't you read that first listener comment, buddy? Okay, sure. Aaron Kelly commented, I just got my activity book today, and so far it kicks ass, brothers. Fuck yeah. Nice. Thank you, Aaron, dude. Nice. It does kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's kick ass. I have to admit. <laughs> it is like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. One of the, mo- one of the things I'm proud of too yeah it's funny <laughs> like, so i yeah, think it, it comes man. off good spread it out let your friends let their friends know let them hear it let them get the book yeah fuck yeah bro all right chris what about that uh, second one dude susan rickles 9.99 that's weird it's upside down <laughs> <laughs> yeah Su- susan rickles 9.99 says uh, i can't wait to hear the low 12 episode on gacy that's gonna be fucking awesome, I'm sure. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you were here, but you weren't here. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that earlier in the intro. That yeah. was an interesting yeah, time yeah. with you. I, I, I was I was not in the right I, I was dumb. <laughs> I felt bad the next day. Like, dude, I feel like a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> Fuck. You were fucked up. But no, Susan, I, I guarantee you with everybody that was here, everybody talking, minus my debauchery, it's a, it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I look forward just as much as you do. <laughs> CK, what about the next one, dude? Oh, shit. Job of the Hut Rock said, Job me and my friends rocks. get together on Friday nights at my apartment in Austin. The party, I listen to your podcast. We love it. Fuck yeah, oh, man. Yeah, have Get a party. Text, That's awesome, bro. man. We had oh, another yeah. listener Fuck that yeah. said she was doing parties in Iowa City or yeah, somewhere in Iowa. Yeah, uh, another college class. Yeah, there's University college. of Iowa uh, okay, in Iowa City. Yeah. A couple of pizzas. Yeah, it's awesome. There you go. One beer, dude. Shit. Except <laughs> <laughs> some beer. Oh, I, 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 I. Some. And then, Chris, the last one. Uh, Murdered by Numbers says... Uh, I like the CK segment on Liege Lord. I'm from Connecticut, and they never really got their due. And from what CK, bro, what you were saying when we were talking about Liege Lord, it sounds, and I listened to them, they were actually pretty good because I had never heard of them before that. Right. And no, I agree. Like, yeah, I, they never really they got, never their, really got they what they got de- deserved. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that, cool. That, no, that's one of the reasons why I like doing my segment is, um, you know, I, I try to give find bands that, that that many people don't know about you know maybe somebody will check them out and dig them um eventually i'm going to do another band from Connecticut called obsession um a couple weeks from now i don't know when but that's cool at some point another connecticut band obsession awesome awesome so uh don't forget to check out murdermetalmayhem.com to listen to all the episodes and bonus content you go to our youtube channel and subscribe and follow us on twitter at get your murder on also like us on facebook of course all these links are in the episode description join that 666 club support the podcast on our patreon page that's patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem 
and we do appreciate the support. Yes, it's only three bucks, so come Get on done, now. Boys and girls. Uh, don't forget to pick up our new activity book, the coffee table book that should be nowhere near a coffee table. Uh, check the episode description for a link so you can get a copy. We've been talking about it. You get a couple of free Joe Matheny Cannibal stickers <laughs> worth the price just there. If you, if you, you got to love that shit. $5, I'll jizz on it for you. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should take... Uh, the reason why I'm giving them two is because they can keep one and then put the other one on their mom's ass cheek. Boom. There you go. Well, well, if, you, well if you put, <laughs> if you pay an extra ten bucks, I'll take a dump on it. Oh, wow. see, <laughs> see, well, I can't, I can't, can't, can't take wow. it. Fuck, hell yeah, score. I can empty my bag on it. Oh damn. <laughs> okay then. So don't miss next week. We'll be featuring the disturbing oh, case of Joseph God. Gallinger, the fucked up case of Joseph Gallinger. Yeah, he was delusional. Who thought God told him to kill? everybody in the world plus his own family and himself so he could become god so it's going to be good it's going to be a crazy one in the madness that's for sure we can't let him go though without hearing a new karaoke song this is a good one a little boy band desecration i always love doing these so until next time keep one foot in the gutter and both the fists grabbing your prison man titties gonna start a fight I know this can't be right Hey, baby, come on I loved you endlessly And you weren't there for me So now it's time to leave And make it alone I know that I can't take no more It ain't no right I wanna see you out there Don't baby, bye, bye, bye don't wanna be a fool for you Just another player in your game for two You may hate me, but it ain't no lie Bye, bye, bye Don't really wanna make it tough I just wanna tell you that I had enough Might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie Bye, bye, bye Oh, ow Just hit me with the truth Now, could your mother will so give me one good reason, baby, come on. I live for you and me, and now I really come to see that life would be much better once you're gone. I know that I can't take no more, it ain't no lie. I want to see you out that door, bye, bye, bye. Don't want to be a fool for you. Just another player in your game for two You may hate me, but it ain't no lie Bye, bye, bye I don't really want to make it tough I just want to tell you that I had enough Might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie Bye, bye, bye Give it up, I know for sure I don't want to be the reason for your love no more Bye, bye, bye Checking out, I'm signing off. I don't wanna be the 
loser and I've had enough. I don't want to be a fool in this game for two. So I'm leaving you behind.